Recorded in the comfy confines of the Auto Media Group Studios, we bring you the Get Deep Podcast, part of the Connect Podcast Network. Join friends and business owners Aaron Jones and Wes Otto as they bring forth stories of guests who are movers and shakers in their industries and beyond. That's a good opening question. What, uh, as a bartender, what is your go-to hard liquor? I, you know, honestly, it is. It had been scotch before, but it, I've really been getting into bourbons now, and ah, sure. it, it's kind of like a whole new world. Like since I, since I moved to Mankato, you know, when I was younger, I, I played in a punk rock band, and I would have had to kick my own ass for going to a country concert, and now I've been to like five here, and I'm like, I don't know what I, what was wrong with me. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm having, but like the result is that I have a whole new thing I get to experience now. Like there's this this whole new world. Like country fans, like you don't know this song, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't even know that this existed. Right. And now I'm like, it's all new to me. Is there yeah. a certain artist that you've listened to that has gotten you more into the country vibe? I well, I just went to Gary Allen okay. this last weekend, and it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was like, I was like, wow, there's even a little like indie rock in there. There's a little like, there's a little rock and roll. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I, I like you, Gary Allen. I'm like, oh, let's see what you got going on. Gary Allen was my first ever concert, and I was here at the Civic Center, and my sister is the one that brought me. That's awesome. Yeah, that was, I, I don't know, I was probably a early teenager, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah I went to uh, Craig Morgan last year. At Ribfest. Nice. And that was also pretty epic. That yeah. was, I just thought, like, someone at work was like, oh, you, you should go check out Ribfest. You know, I just moved here. I didn't, I had no idea what's actually going on in the area. And then I'm like, this is pretty epic. Like, you have food vendors, you have really nice people, you have fun music, and everyone's, you know, watching music under the stars at the Vetter Amphitheater. And it was just a beautiful experience. And I'm like, I don't, I, I need to get off my snobby high horse about this. <laughs> like, Well, an underrated venue. Right? I it's mean, a super underrated venue. People don't even really know about it unless you're really in Mankato. It is it is beautiful and they've done, you know, updates and renovations and made things, but when you get even though it, it's sometimes annoying for the, the beer line and the liquor line because you get a ton of people there. Yeah. When you have all the people on that grassy knoll or whatever you want to call it above yeah. the theater, it's it's a different vibe. It's really, really cool. Side note, well, two things. Did you yeah, try yeah. the smoked mac and cheese while you were there from at Ribfest? Oh my God, how did I miss this? Most of them have it. I'm not saying one's better than the others because I I don't eat enough of the ribs to to compare them, but get the smoked mac and cheese. Oh my God. Next time you're there in August, I think it's August, right? Um, Secondly, my first country concert was also uh, Gary Allen. Oh yeah. Uh, 2006 State Fair. He actually played along with Rascal Flatts. He was Fun. the opener oh, wow. for Rascal Flatts, and so I had never heard of Gary Allen at that point. But I think they're coming back so this year first as well. Rascal Flatts. I think they're they're coming to the back. State Fair. No, I thought they were coming back to Mankato. If I could be wrong, I don't know. Have they? I don't remember if they've I been. I haven't heard Mankato. anything. I think it was Ribfest. I think they're coming back to Ribfest. Well, Rascal Flatts. If Rascal Flatts came to Ribfest, uh, that'd it's, be nuts. But it's not they're Rib pretty Fest. large. Yeah, it's uh, this year's Ribfest is Flo Rida. That's yeah. Well, you're, if and you're then, talking, the lead singer of Rascal Flatts is coming. You're right. Right. I knew there was the some tie-in. Okay. Gary is his name. Okay. I can't remember sure. his last name, but Gary, sure. the lead singer of Rascal Flatts, will be here. You are right. But not the band. He shoots, he scores. He did it. Well, I was like, no fucking way. I wouldn't know that. Well, I was going to say, I didn't remember the other two artists. There's a rock artist that's pretty good. I think, is it, is it 38 Special? Does it that is. sound right? Uh, yes. And then special. whoever the country artist was, I was like, I know that that's a name. I don't know who the heck that is. So right. there you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that Flo Rida is coming too. I, Ooh, really? <laughs> it's going to be a wild night. We we have a knack up. for like Nelly, you know, yeah, like, yeah. The, like was a big rapper coming back to Mankato, you know, like I not, mean, still a big name kind of, but you know, not, but you know not what, mainstream that, anymore. Yeah, I think that it kind of ties into, you know, eventually what we're going to talk about though. But I, I do think there's a cool diverse thing going on in Mankato. That's like, well, yeah, you'd have a country artist play with a major hip hop artist. Like yeah. why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. yeah. I love oh, it. So, fun. so punk rock, let's talk a little about your punk rock. Yeah. Days. When were they? What so, period of life to what period of life? <laughs> in my, talking in about my music? formative years. I, I started in my first band when I was probably 13, 13 or 14. And then um, I taught myself how to play drums when I was like 17 years old. I'm sure my mom wanted to kill me because the laundry room became the drum room, which <laughs> nothing was contained. There was no sound being contained by any of that, any of door or wall in that room. I'm sure everyone in the neighborhood wanted to kill me after that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then uh, I played in a band called Volante, V-O-L-A-N-T-E, and we played all over the Minneapolis area. We had a, we had a college radio hit. Back in the day. What was it course. called? It was called Hum. Hum. Yep. And uh, it was top 40, I believe, for like eight weeks on the national college charts, which is That's cool. saying a lot. Nice. Saying a lot. So where's the tattoo on your body that says that? I know, right? I, we'll Come get on, into that later. I, that's <laughs> after the bourbon begins, which is why I'm holding off. <laughs> oh, Nice. But yeah, that that was a uh, that was a really fun era. I, we toured the whole country. We actually got signed to a Spanish record label, and then at that same time, I kind of like we were reaching the end of of that of that journey, so to speak. And, uh, and then I moved on. I moved to Los Angeles. But while we were here, I mean, I saw almost every fifty state, like all the contiguous states, pretty much by touring. In a van and sleeping in a van and van life and being married to four other guys all at the same time, and I think you know I think that was that was pretty hard to be honest. Like we had a blast and it was great to do when I was like eighteen years old, nineteen years old, but to do it now might be it's a big ask, right? Yeah. You know? So <clears throat> five guys sleeping in a van. I should uh, say, well, four guys. Yeah, four. There were four of us. Okay, so four <clears throat> guys sleeping in a van touring the country. If you'd had to describe the smell of that van in sandwich terms, which sandwich does it smell like the most? I'm going to go like had been sitting in the Ziploc bag for a week in the heat in the middle of the desert. What meat in the sandwich? Uh, probably bologna. <laughs> I was going to say good. pastrami. Yeah, I'm not sure you want to know that meat. <laughs> Let's pick a very fragrant one. <laughs> oh, Especially yeah, hot van. Uh, but uh, funny. I, I'm sure, and you can go off on this too, but... What a cool experience, right? Oh, it was amazing. Like probably some of the best experiences slash learning environments mm -hmm. of your life. Absolutely. I mean, you learn how to like change on a dime. You learn like we literally would pitch to people from the stage like who who wants to take this dirty band home with you tonight? Because we need your floor. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Funny. I, I bet you didn't ever struggle finding somebody that was cool enough to take. You know home. what? Like nine times out of ten, we were successful. Yeah. I can barely think of any other. I mean. There was some crate like we had a in Reno, Nevada. We ended up in a ski chalet. Like I have no idea. There was this old snowboarder. I well, he was like a pro snowboarder, but it was like in his twenties, and he was just like, yeah, yeah, you guys can come over. And we went. We ended up. We we're like, dude, where do you live? It's like a a, a ski chalet. And when we arrived to this house, there was like 
it was like the oddest mix of things because there was a gigantic flag of Bob Marley on the wall <laughs> next to his collection of AK-47s <laughs> <laughs> on the top of this mountain. And we're like, dude, where are we? <laughs> That's awesome. So they decided to stay there for a couple of weeks, right? It oh, yeah, good clearly. Yeah. As anyone does. We went, we went, you know, we went skeet shooting and all that. <laughs> and, then, awesome. and then took our boards and rode down the mountain. Were the rest of your bandmates the same age as you, or roughly the same? Yeah, age? all about the same age. I went to high school with, with two of the guys. They were brothers, and then the other the other guy was one that my my friend's older brother met in college. Sure. And then we all we all wrote records together. But it was it was pretty amazing. Like we we were very lucky. We had a, a label that was really supportive of us, and we ended up getting like when I was growing up, Fugazi was one of my heroes. I don't know if, he, if how familiar with punk rock you guys are, but Fugazi was a pretty interesting story because they're one of the first bands ever to go platinum on their own. Like they <laughs> made their own record label, produced their own stuff. And then whenever they'd play around, like their whole deal was, we're not going to play a show for more than $5 because we want all kids to be able to see it. And they went platinum doing it themselves. And they would play, they would sell out the first Avenue main room, which is like a 1600 capacity venue, like three nights in a row. So we hooked up with a producer, a guy named Jay Robbins, who produced like a lot of, are you familiar with Spoon or other groups like that? I've heard of Spoon. Yeah. Yeah. So like some larger indie bands, like a lot of the bands that play Coachella probably had records produced by him, hmm. but he was like, you guys are great. And like, we, you know, again, getting in the van and driving across the country and I slept underneath the control booth for a week. <laughs> and, I, and I remember on the sixth day of recording when Jay came in, it was like, all right, guys, we're taking you to a hotel. You're getting a shower. Yeah. <laughs> that was more for him than it was for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> you could it handle the pastrami. for him. Yeah. Like, he was like, you guys are, you're done here. Like, this is, uh, this is wonderful and all, but I want my control room back. Yeah. You know? But I'm like, but my bed's right under where you put your feet. Like, yeah, you bastard, you took my bed. <laughs> Oh, but it was like, so we recorded at the studio called Inner Ear, which is where Fugazi did all their records. So for, you know, for us as like, you know, 19, 20 year olds, we're, it was like our going to Mecca, you know, it was a big deal. We were really excited about it. So then that is the record that our label then promoted and put us on college radio. And then that's how we got that single from that. Where was that studio? That's in Washington, D.C. Okay. Or in Arlington, Virginia. So, okay. Yeah. And D.C., it's its own little mystery too have you guys ever have you ever been there i have not it's it's a surreal i haven't been there in a while but you know coming from minnesota which is a little it's a little smaller area right you get to the eastern seaboard and it's like major city like every hour and a half to two hours right and then you get to dc and like there's a legitimate amount of people wearing earpieces in every place and it's just like you're like what's really going on here so you have like the mall and all this like extravagant architecture. And then these guys wearing, you know, black suits with the earpiece. And you're like, I don't know who any of you are. Yeah. Like, I don't know what really what's going on here. And then you have this really, you know, robust like music scene going on at the same time. There, there's this huge label that, you know, Fugazi was part of was discord and they were signing all these acts and they were going national. So we were, we were kind of hoping to jump in on that circuit we did, we did pretty well, but it, you know, it's, it's a grind. Like I remember we'd go out for a month at a time and, uh, we'd come back and we'd have like, we made 200 bucks. Like we weren't, you know, like we weren't negative, like it paid for the gas, it paid for our food, that kind of stuff. Um, so I was really looking for ways that I would not get fired when I came back from tour. 
which is ultimately like, I, I might, I might be skipping ahead in our narrative a little bit, but it's ultimately how I ended up in photography. Cause I was like, well, what's a job that I can have where I don't get fired when I come home. Sure. You know, something that I can contract. So it's that, you know, that provided that little gateway for me, if you will. Well, let's, let's go into that. So photography, right? Obviously a passion. Um, and you're obviously very good at it. Thank you. What, at what point did that happen? Did that happen in your musical journey while you were traveling around the 50 States? And also one question I wanted to ask you too, out of traveling around, you said you've been to every, you've been to all 50 States. I have right. been to almost all of them. I don't believe I've been to Maine okay. or Alaska. Was there a state when you're traveling with your, with your band, your group, that this stuck in your mind as is a really cool state or a great story about one state or a favorite? Perhaps? You know, it's, it's kind of a, it's another random Midwestern state. I love, like, there's so many places that I really like. Like, I had, always had a great time in, like, Portland, Seattle, all that place. But the place that really blew my mind, which is another story I can tell you, that was Wichita, Kansas. And I had no idea I was going to love it that yeah. much. But it was like, so one of the things we found from being on the road was that a lot of the big cities, like they're inundated with so much culture and music and art and all this kind of stuff that nobody gave a crap. Like if you weren't someone that was on their radar, like our college radio hit, believe it or not, meant nothing to no one. When we got to these markets, they were like, yeah, well, anyways, and you are who? You know, like I remember we opened up for Juliet Lewis and the Licks out in L.A., with another, uh, another Minnesota local, uh, Harmar Superstar, if you know him. Um, he's, a Owatana, he's from Owatonna. But he, he got us on that show with Juliet Lewis. So we, we opened up. And, and all of Juliet Lewis's fans arrived to the front of the stage and then immediately went like this. <laughs> and, and just like <laughs> held their place for, for Juliet Lewis. And it was like the oddest thing to be playing to a completely sold out room. And then like half the crowd is just up in the front with their backs to us. Like they had no, in- they were just like, I don't care. I'm not watching you. It couldn't, I can't hear you. La 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 la. You know, you're like, uh, we're right here. And we're pretty loud. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh man. Do you take it personal or you just, you know, and you keep going? I mean, it, it was pretty funny because like, we had a couple friends in there that, you know, from LA that started like, yeah. And, but you know, you know, halfway through the show, they were like, okay, all right. <laughs> You're not so bad. We'll turn, all. we'll turn around partial ways. Yeah, there you go. So at first, you know, it'd it was, be tough for me not to make comments up on a stage if they were yeah. doing that to just be a little bit cocky with them. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, I, oh, you guys yeah. are turning the wrong way, by the way. You can spin around anytime you want, you know, just make comments, <laughs> you know, just. I, I'm pretty sure our singer did actually do yeah. that. I, I don't really fully remember the particulars, but sure. Yeah, it was it was definitely really funny to watch. What instruments was the band comprised of? It was two guitars, a bass, and drummer, and uh, the bassist was a singer as well. Okay, so two singers or one singer or how many? Uh, just how many just one singer. Okay. Yeah, and you were the drummer, and I I was the drummer. Nice. They tried to get me to do backup vocals, but it it doesn't really work very well when you look like animal. <laughs> <laughs> Like people used to compare because I was like, yeah. ah, like I get like so animated when I play it was, oh, for me, it was like very cathartic. It was a, it was a good way to get out some energy. Sure. And also just a great like weight loss program. Like it was a good way to get my exercise. You Pretty know what aerobic, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's intense. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. So photography. So going back on that, cause I distracted oh, right. you. Yeah. State situation. Thank you for that. Wichita, Kansas folks. Oh yeah. So Wichita all the places we, we went there and there's a, a young 
girl who I still remember this day, like super inspiring. She would always take us up. And uh, I don't know fully her story, but she was like a single mom. And she decided that Wichita should have a better local art scene. And so she just like took it upon herself. She's like, there. this is like a super conservative city. There's no place for kids that like don't fit into that little mold to go. So she's like, I'm just going to make the coffee shop. I'm going to make the tattoo shop. I'm going to make the bar where they can all go to. And it was cool to see like the first time we went there, she had a tiny little tattoo shop and she just for weeks on end would play our record over and over and over and over. And by the second time we came, there were 500 kids there and almost every single one of them bought a CD and a t-shirt. So then by the next time we came there, she had purchased a building, like a three or four story building. And on like the fourth floor had put in a half pipe for kids. <laughs> and on the first store was like a, a bar that would be like, I don't know, comparable to like Oleander or something like that. And uh, it was just, it was like really inspiring to see her. Like nothing was going to like keep her back from like creating something. And that was, you know, to tie back into New York and LA, I was like, I would rather play a market like this over and over time and time again, than go to New York and get lost in the shuffle. There's, you know, that to me seems a little bit more about like, well, I've made it in New York. Like it's an ego based thing rather than like, actually going to a community that's like a little bit starved for something like there's kids there that like you know what I mean like they want something in their lives they're super intelligent they have something to say and they don't necessarily find a vehicle or have a way to do that and so that was like pretty eye-opening for me to be like why are we wasting our time going to these big markets it's expensive like I mean parking alone is expensive yeah. let alone going to a place where like not only do we have an awesome person that will just promote us just because she wants cool things here and we actually make a ton of money like that the first time we played there or the you know the <clears throat> when we came back was the, like one of the first times we actually like wow we actually made money on tour like yeah. you know well it sounds like a really neat experience and a really impressive woman have you ever followed up on her to see where she's at or what she's oh done yeah when when I first moved to LA she came out to visit like we always kept in touch and sure. And which leads me to uh, another story. When I decided to move to LA, I, I was like, well, I'm not sure when I'm, when I'm going to ever, like, when are you going to go to Wichita, Kansas again? If, if you're not in a band or you don't have a reason to go there, like, you know, what's, so I decided to make a, like a three week road trip out of going. So like my, my car, I had a Honda Civic at the time, which I, I still have the same Honda Civic, but I moved everything I owned across country in that car. So I'm driving a, you know, across country with a car, like you can barely see out the windows because I got everything in there. And I arrived to Wichita, Kansas. I arrived and go and sit in my friend's bar. And like, I don't know how long I had been there, maybe a day or so. But, you know, when you're in a smaller town, like I was telling someone earlier, I, I, I dropped by the Eagles earlier and the, and the whole room, there was a record scratch and everyone just kind of looked at me like, who's like, who's this guy? <laughs> like, so we're hanging out in my friend's bar and in walk these dudes that were clear, like, they just weren't from there. Like they had, you know, like dude with dreads and like this whole thing. And everyone just kind of looked and these dudes were like, they were like, Hey, is this like the cool bar that we should go to while we're in town? So long story long, they ended up being the Rolling Stones road crew. And <laughs> they invited, like they invited us to go to the show. Like we just took them in and we're like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, just let us know like whatever you need. And we, you know, we made sure that they, you know, had drinks and food and all that kind of stuff. And then they were like, you guys should come to the show. So we ended up going and seeing the Rolling Stones. That's money. It was, Sweet. it was awesome. And then opening up for them was the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but 
they're pretty awesome, like rock and roll stuff. Like, but they were opening up the whole Rolling Stones tour, so it was kind of a, a big deal. So on my way out to LA, I already had all these contacts. Like the manager was traveling with them, and we're like, you know, partying with the Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and the Rolling Stones Road Crew, and getting free tickets to it. So by the time I actually arrived to LA. I told my roommates, I was like, hey, I got free tickets to the Rolling Stones over at Dodger Stadium. Who wants to go? <laughs> no, I'm busy tonight. I'm going to pass on that. Great way to roll <laughs> yeah. into L.A. It was, like, it was such an awesome, currency. you know, it was just like, wow. You know, there's it to me, metaphorically, it was just like because there was so much hesitation in myself, like to move out there for three years. You know, it's it's intimidating. I didn't know anyone. You know, I, I my brother at the time was living out there. And he was the only person I know. And coincidentally, once I got out there, he was he was like, yo, dude, you, you got to move out to L.A. You got to get out here. Like, if you want to do anything creative, you, you got to get out of Minnesota. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to listen to you. Like, I can do Prince did it. I can do it. You know what I mean? And so finally, I, I took the plunge. And then I get out there. He's like, I'm moving away. <laughs> so it's like, all right, well. Where did he move to then? He Well, he went to uh, school at North Carolina School of the Arts. So he went to into for theater direction. Sure. Which was, you know, good. You know, he needed some passion and I'm, I'm happy that he, he found that for himself, but it was definitely like, all right, I've uprooted my whole life and, <laughs> and now I know no one. Yeah. But in a way it made it better for me because everything that I did was really truly on my own. You Did know? you have a game plan when you went out there? Oh God, no. You just, <laughs> just going to get no there and idea. figure it out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, I, I was winging it like the whole time. Sure. I had no idea what I was going to do. I just... Do you feel like, I was going to say, do you feel like that's kind of the LA way? I feel like is a lot it? of people go out there 100%. because it's so hard to break into that market, right? They go out there kind of with a, a dream and a wish and a passion on their shoulders and they're yep. hugging it along and they're just hoping to, yep. to meet somebody or make the right connection. Yep, absolutely. Is that pretty accurate for when you look I think there's there? very few people. I don't, maybe the, maybe the culture is different now with like some of the, you know, online job services and things that you can find where... You could show up and find a job where, you know, when I moved there in 2005, 2006, 2000, somewhere in there, it was like, people were like, yeah, 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 call me when you get here. You know what I mean? That was the attitude. It was like, there's no point to, and I think probably because they'd seen so many times, like people like, yeah, I'm going to move out. And then you're like, yeah, they'll, they'll say that for like eight months and then nothing will happen. So just, they're like, yeah, call me when you get here kind of thing. Sure. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh. Did I answer that question? I don't remember. Yeah. Maybe I digress a little bit. Yeah. But it was definitely like, I didn't, I had no idea what I was doing. In fact, like I had saved up, I think 30 or 40 grand at the time, which I, which to me was a lot of money. Like I was like, yeah, all right. I sold my condo. I've got, and then like two months later, I was like, okay, I've got nothing left there. <laughs> like I really need to find work. But I enter uh, the porn industry, yeah. <laughs> Los Angeles, California. I told you, you we weren't going to talk about you that. You can always fall back on porn, right? In in L.A. I mean, I'm lucky in that capacity. Not as everyone <laughs> is blessed, like. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I do. I have that backup plan. It's just how it is. Well, now you don't even have to move to L.A. to do that, right? I mean, it's just OnlyFans with OnlyFans. If you got beautiful feet. <laughs> Or not. You can always, well, people, people Believe want me, Aaron, there's a whole thing around body hair. Let me is tell there? you, there's, I have a whole other revenue stream I haven't told you about. Is Sweet that, Jesus, so, wait, let's, wait. let's hear this plan. <laughs> this is a current revenue stream you have going, or it's no, a plan I'm B backup plan? You. Yeah, it's a plan B. My buddy Alec always sure? told me we could braid the chest hair, and people would be super into that. So Somebody will be. 
There's a vending machine with your name on it, pal. Yep, why not, right? (laughs) I have a feeling Japan might eat that up more than... (laughs) Japan. (laughs) Jeez. Well, so what was the first thing you did when you got out to LA? Actually, literally the first thing I did was my... My roommate had got us tickets to Street Scene, which was like a an, like a street festival music concert, like out in the streets of downtown LA. So I I arrived to them already being at the concert. It was it was a pretty epic a way to arrive, and Beck was playing. There was like a it was like a huge like I think Queens of the Stone Age were playing, and I was like, yeah, this is this is the town for me. I made it, <laughs> you know. So I went right to that, and then immediately the next day, going like, okay, I don't know what to do. <laughs> they're like, all right, dude, I'm going to work. But, you know, I was always, like, someone to explore. At the time, I was, like, super, super into yoga. It's something that, like, I would, I still am super into, but I haven't really found a home for it yet here in Mankato. But uh, for me, the way to just get out and go was, like, well, what yoga studio can I go and, like, practice at today? Like, yeah. go and find that place. And so I, I ended up in Santa Monica, finding a couple studios out there that I really liked. But I moved across the country to be by the ocean, like, Everyone's like, yo, you should, why don't you live in Silver Lake? Or, you know, like, because the East Side communities are definitely, like, in that area. They're the hipster places. That's where, if you're in the art scene or music, you're probably most likely on the East Side. And, and there's this whole East Side, West Side thing that happens in LA that I'm like, you guys are so funny. Like, you got, like, everything at your disposal in a matter of, like, 20 miles. And everyone's like, yeah, I don't, I don't go west of Highland Avenue. I don't Ah, that's not for me. I don't do it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's like three blocks. <laughs> like, you could go to the, the ocean. There's like a whole ocean, like maybe a mile. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after a while of being there, you get it because tra- like, traffic is insane, as everyone knows. Like it's So that, how long does it take to get from the east to the west side or the west to east, whatever? I, within the first week of being there, a good friend of mine was like, I was in Santa Monica and he was like, hey, dude, let's, there's this concert I want you to go to. And he lived in Silver Lake. And I was like, don't worry. I'll, I'm just going to grab some lunch, and then I'll be over. And he was like, all right, dude, I think you should probably leave soon. It's like 3 o'clock. And I'm like, no, they do the concerts not till like 7. I arrived late that day. I arrived at like 8 p.m. And I, and I waited like 30 minutes. And partially that's because that was like prior to, do you know Waze, like W-A-Z-E? Yeah. That was prior to that app and stuff like, so you had the Thomas guy that I was like flipping through and trying to figure out the best way. But I was like, after that, I was like, oh my God, this is real. Like this traffic thing is nonsense. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like you spend a lot of your life in the car. Well, and it's laughable when I bring up the Twin Cities traffic in comparison for sure. But even Mankato does a lot of economic development marketing around, hey, your commute time is like our happy hour time or our family time. Or It's true. You know, like you spend 30, 40, 50 minutes in rush hour, and here we're anywhere in 10 minutes. Yeah. No, so. it's really true. I love that about here, honestly. I really, I'm surprised at how much I like here. I, <laughs> I really am. It's like, good. You know, like when my mom, because like during the pandemic, you know, everything shuts down. I was, that's another story which we can go into if I'm not rambling, but my mom, I got back to, my mom was living in White Bear Lake at the time, and and when I got back to White Bear Lake, she was like, by the way, we're moving to Mankato, and I was like, God, no, what? No, why? Why would we ever do that? Like, I don't know anyone there. Like, that doesn't make any sense, and now I'm like, oh, no, I get it. Like, this is, this is a really nice place. It's a really great place. I think there's a surprising amount of community people here that, like, really actually care about other people, about building something in the community. And maybe that's just a product of a slightly smaller community where you actually like, 
you know most people you interface with a lot of people so it's it's different in the way where la you spend a lot of time in the car you don't necessarily like you don't have to know your neighbor right whereas here it's like well you're gonna know your neighbor you're probably gonna bump into them like three more times today so (laughs) (laughs) you might you might want to like get along with them right (laughs) but i we had, a, we had a past guest, Kathy Brennan, who said something similar to that, too. She, yeah. she was talking about, not that she's a mean person by any means or rude. She's not. She's oh, very, I love she, Kathy. She's very sweet. Yeah. But she was saying, you know, it's different when you're in the cities because most of the time you'll see somebody and you're not going to ever run into them again. Yep. You'll probably never see them again, perhaps. Um, whereas there's a certain vibe about Mankato, she was saying, that has a friendliness because people know they're probably going to see that person again at the grocery store, at the pub, or different places. Um so it lends to a more friendly environment is kind of what her opinion was. You know, I think Minnesota mm-hmm. in general is just a, a, a friendlier state. Yes, I know there's the whole passive-aggressive argument too, but um, so it's it's interesting the way you say that and that you agree with that, that it kind yeah, of lends I mean, towards a more ex- uh, friendly experience. A hundred percent. I think, you know, passive aggra- you don't arrive at passive-aggressive out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like right. it serves a purpose too. I, I Personally, I have a hard time with it. I'm pretty direct, like assertive person, but you know, it, it arrived out of something most, you know what I mean? Like it, it comes from somewhere like people don't want to offend other people or they generally speaking, want to be positive to another. And yeah, there's of course the like, Oh, I don't like them as they leave or whatever, but you know, LA is just as bad as that. Like I, I, one of the things like, it's funny, like New Yorkers will get a bad rap sometimes. But I was like, I, I actually found New Yorkers, I really like them because they're like, I don't like you. I don't like you either. All right, great. Have a great day. See you later. You know, and that, that was, that was, it's like, That's at least it. you know where you stand, right? Like, right. it's not, uh, it's not like where I was like, oh my God, you're so wonderful. It's just so great to meet you. Oh my God, I hate them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and so like you're Minnesota's so like kind of in the middle of that. It's like. You're almost too good at that, Jack. <laughs> you're super good at that. <laughs> And now the wonderful world of voiceover. Yeah. <laughs> he nailed that. That was good. Thank you. Good. So let's go back to Santa Monica and yeah. photography. Let's just chat about kind of how you got into it out there and, and some of your highs and lows and how did it go? Yeah. I mean, honestly, when I, so when I moved out there at first, I was, I was pretty depressed. You know, I, I was like, I had this fantasy in my mind of how it was going to go. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I had it really hard, but I definitely was like, wow, you become like that thing we were just talking about in Minneapolis. Like I really, I didn't know many people and I really was on my own. Like, it's like, okay, if I'm going to figure out a plan, like it's, it's going to come from me, you know? And so I did like, I I guess I would use the word kind of wallow in it for a little while of just like, you know, I split up my relationship with my girl and like starting over and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And meanwhile, like, I'm like, all right, I'm literally running out of money. So I, maybe a couple months in or something, um, I made a declaration to the universe, which sounds kind of funny, but I literally was like, I'm going to be the best photo assistant that LA has ever seen was something along those lines. And I actually like wrote it down. And the next morning I was feeling very inspired and I, I got up just, you know, had my computer by the bed and I just, it rolled over and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. And I just started Googling photography LA. And the first site that came up was a guy, uh, his name's Robert Erdman. At the time, I didn't, I didn't know who he was. Like, it was just, oh, like, oh, there's some pictures of Halle Berry. She's really pretty. I like that. Let's, let's email this guy. And I remembered from working at a place that I did in Minneapolis, like, 
And, you know, I'm, I, I tend to be a bit of a sponge. Like, I'll just listen for a while and observe and kind of feel. And, and I think that's such a great way for people to learn. Sometimes you can just feel out how things actually are, and you can learn a lot that way. And I remember those guys would get resumes all day long. I'm not going to name any names because <laughs> they are local, but, and they're lovely people. But they'd be like, oh, look at this resume. It's so funny. And, like, they just go on and on. So I was like, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. So I wrote a, an email to this guy. And it was three sentences long, maybe four sentences long. And it just said, hey, I'm a new photo assistant here to L.A. I've been assisting for four years. Let me know if you need help. And five minutes later, I got a response. And it was like, all it said was, what are you doing right now? So I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I got a response. Like, mm-hmm. am I extremely honest here? Do I tell him I'm pooping <laughs> right now? <laughs> the truth of it was not. I'm actually pooping right now. <laughs> he loved the honesty. And the, I mean, the real, the real truth of it was, I was like, I am sitting here in my underwear emailing people. Like <laughs> I just rolled out of bed. That's about it. And uh, so he's like, what are you doing right now? An hour later, I'm at this guy's house in, uh, in the Hollywood Hills somewhere. And it was like a, you know, it was a big house and he comes out. There was a moment I was telling someone else this where I like, I saw the devil wears Prada and I was like, that's my boss. That's just like a male version of my boss, which he'd probably <laughs> laugh at. Like he's, he's actually a really good dude. He's just Street very notorious all. for like being very tough and very hard. And, uh, but he's also like just a very like well-styled, very Kemp man. And he comes out with his little dog and he's like, come in and like, let me see your portfolio and sit down. And we're sitting there and he's like, your work looks nothing like we do here in LA, but we'll give you a try. And uh, my first assistant, check. He'll he'll let me know if you're any good. And meanwhile, behind him, he had put his little dog out on the pool, and this dog is like running back and forth. So I'm like watching him, and this little dog is going like yip 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 behind him the whole time I'm interviewing. So I'm like <laughs> listening to this guy like rip me a new one about how terrible my portfolio was, and all this and that. And um, I'm thinking to myself like I can't believe where I am, right? And so he's like, we'll give you a try. So a couple days later, I'm on a Sandra Bullock cover shoot for InStyle magazine. And um, he's making, it was really funny because he's making fun of me. Like we're shooting on this location at this beautiful house. And I've never seen houses like this. These, these are amazing properties. Like, I don't even know, like $20 million homes, like up in the hills, like with just lush greenery and like this super contemporary architecture. And I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea. And all the guys there are just like, yeah, it's another day, which eventually, you know, I became years later, like, yeah, it's another house. We're in this house doing this thing. And uh, he's like, Josh, tell him where you're from. Josh is our new assistant. He's from Fargo. Say Fargo, Josh. <laughs> Say words with O's in them. And he's just like going on and on and on about, about this. And then finally Sandra Bullock is like, shut up. I like Josh. And I was like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, all right, Sandra likes me. Like, we're cool. But uh, so a couple of days later, we're on the, the cover portion of this in the studio. And I didn't realize. Uh, so in Minnesota, like most people own their own studios. It's just like a different business culture. Whereas out there, it's so expensive to own anything and clients will pay for the rental. So you, you shoot at a lot of rental studios. And, uh, you know, when you're assisting here, it's like, well, when you're not assisting, you're cleaning the bathroom or sweeping the floor or like, you know, making yourself useful, like our good mis- Midwestern work ethic that we have. So I pick up the broom and I'm like sweeping this rental studio and the other assistants are like, look at this room, look at this guy, like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> but what I didn't realize is that Annie Leibovitz, producer, was watching and she was like hey you got a really good work ethic you know if you ever want to like 
come in and work for us, like I would, you know, here's my email. And she didn't tell me who she worked for at the time. So I, I spoke at Bethany College recently about this and I was because I was trying to tell the kids like you never know who you're going to meet, you know, just stay positive, have a good work ethic, like do that kind of thing, because you, you don't know where it might take you. You know what I mean? Being kind to that person that one day or just like going above and beyond for someone, you never know where that could lead. So it led me to working with that crew and I ended up working with. You know, my first shoot with Annie was Bruce Willis in the middle of the desert for a Vanity Fair cover shoot. And uh, I was freaking out. I remember calling my mom on the way there like, oh, my God, mom, I made it, you know. But in reality, it was like I'm carrying water bottles in the middle of the desert, (laughs) right, you know. (laughs) But still, like, it blew my mind. Like, not, you know, not everyone is given access to that. So explain to the listeners, and I know just a a smidge, uh, but Annie Leibovitz, um, she explained who she is. I think one of her first major photos was like in the 70s of John Lennon and Yoko Ono and it's got John Lennon laying in fetal position kind of with his legs around Yoko Ono but she was Rolling Stones photographer probably the biggest household name of photographers that you can find and I remember seeing her photo books as a kid and just being like absolutely inspired by you know the content because it's always like notable figures in like really cool locations. I think that's something she was known for. It wasn't always just like in studio on a background. It was oh here's Neil Armstrong in the you know in the middle of the desert like holding American flag like you know probably poking fun at maybe faking the moon landing or something like that. But it, you know it's just epic background with like a cool you know and like the top of the top. So it was fascinating to work with her team. I learned so much. I mean, at the time I was working with them, they were shooting like 300 days a year. It was a machine. Like they were literally like, I remember like, hey, Josh, just start packing that case. And they were like, we're still shooting the next talent. And we're like wrapping up the other stuff to go to immediately to the airport, to go to flight, to go to the next city where they were just pick up and do it again. It was a machine. It was a very well-oiled machine. And, and they had, I mean, they had insane budgets to deal with. Like absolutely insane. We'd hear about, you know, commercials being made for a million dollars or something, and they're making a single photograph for the same amount, you know. Mm. It's pretty nuts. It is. It's nuts to see that level of production and just be a fly on the wall. How was Annie as a person? I mean, Annie Annie was a very, very tough person, I found. Like, it was maybe maybe five shoots before she actually, like, was like, oh, hey, Josh. You know what I mean? But it's, again, like... It's, it's a matter of like, if you're in an environment where you're meeting 30, 40 new people a day after a while, it's like, I don't, I don't know what, you know what I mean? Like I could see people being tired. I never had any bad interactions with her, but it was always like, I just knew that she was very driven, very hard worker. And it was just kind of like you, at first you kind of like keep your head down, you know what I mean? But there was never like, there was nothing bad. I, I wouldn't say that like, if I went up to her now, she'd be like, oh, yeah, Josh. You know what I mean? Because I was more of like, I was their L.A. person, right? But I wasn't like, I was never the first with her, if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. In that team. What were um, some of the more, like, memorable projects that you worked on with that team? We did a Louis Vuitton campaign, which was really fun. That was that was astronauts. We shot Buzz Aldrin in the middle of the in the middle of the desert. There was, like... I can't remember the other astronauts, but it was it was three of them, and they're all sit, uh, seated on this vintage green uh, pickup truck, 
and they're looking at the moon through binoculars and then the, you know, the Louis Vuitton's positioned perfectly on the hood of the car. So we did that. We did Andre Agassi in Vegas. And then in that shoot, we were, we were shooting in the back of the Wynn hotel in these private suites that they had. And, and that was, uh, I, I had a brief encounter with Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he gave me the guns. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> What caused him to give you the guns? I don't know. We just, he just came out of this door and it was like this <laughs> blast of wind and it was like all in slow motion. And I looked over and he was like, <laughs> and you knew that. And I gave him the guns back. I didn't know what else to do. Don't do and that I, today. And then yeah, got, right. got tackled yeah. by a security yeah, team. Exactly. What, what would I do? You gave I don't, the guns. You had a finger gun, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, had a finger gun. <laughs> you pointed your finger gun at the. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Oh, jeez. Well, talk about experiences so far. Um, I'm enjoying these. These are, oh, these cool. are great. I mean, good. I'm glad it, it's not just rambling and no, when you've, when you've traveled mm-hmm. as much as you have, and obviously, uh, played in the band and hit multiple, multiple States and been in LA and worked with, you know, famous people. There's, it's intriguing for somebody that's a small town, Minnesota, mm-hmm. Southern Minnesota boy, you know, who hasn't done as much traveling as I wish I could. So that was always my MO was yeah. look, how can I get paid to travel? Like that literally at the end of the day was like, I want to see the world and I didn't really come from money. So I knew that there was some way I had to get it paid for. So what a better way? Cause you know, a lot of times when you come into town as the band, people want to show you around. If you come into town as a photo crew, you have the producer or whoever, the local assistants, they'll, they'll show you around. They'll show you where the good bars are, where the good restaurants are, like all that kind of stuff. Like you get built in tour guides. So that was like basically my way of getting paid travel. Sounds like maybe Josh has a version of the Chad app. We had Chad Supernaut on the show, and Chad travels all the time for work, but also for fun. And he he had an idea for launching an app. Okay. All he did was give travel advice to friends. (laughs) Because everyone always texts him and asks him for travel recommendations. Sounds like maybe that should be you. Oh, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Sure. I mean, I'd be happy to advise it. They do like I we had a we I had a coworker that went to LA and I was like oh you got to go to this place and I lived above this ramen shop like you should go there it's amazing and and they had a great time I don't know that I could do that in every city there's probably better way better apps to do that on yeah than than through the Josh app but <laughs> <laughs> there you go I like it Josh app so <clears throat> was there a moment in though in your um, so you were a photography assistant right? When you were out in yep. uh, LA and doing all your stuff. But was there a moment um, when it kind of like changed the game for you that you were like, photography is what I want to do and I want to take over my own thing and I would do my own thing? Or were you just kind of being like the sponge you said you were and continually, continuing to sign up you know, yeah. for projects and be there and work your ass off? Yeah. I mean, I originally went out there for music, right? And so I started writing a solo record. I started doing all that kind of stuff. And I don't know that I... I necessarily ever, well, that's not true. I, I had some wonderful opportunities, which I actually, so right around the time that I got hired to work with Annie, I had a meeting with ASCAP. I don't know if you guys know, it which just sounds really funny to be like ASCAP. I had a meeting with ASCAP, but ASCAP, they're probably the biggest muser, music publisher in the world. And I had a meeting with their president at the time who got a hold of my songwriting. I don't even remember how I got the interview. But she was like, we love your songwriting. Like, we'd like to get in you in our writer's workshops and, like, work with you. And I was talking about this, I think, at Bethany. But I think sometimes our our greatest fear can be of success more than the failure. 
because that could have been the beginning of like a, a nice music career for me, which I, I absolutely love. I think music, like if you get down to the nuts and bolts of like, well, what is everything in the universe? Like it's all waves and vibration and, and that's what we are. Like there's more space in us than there is matter. Right. And I think music, like I think music and visual arts are some of the most powerful, but I think music even more so because it touches us on a level that we can't always like iterate out loud. It touches on that vibration that like when you feel a good song, like when you're at a concert and you feel your whole spine light up or whatever, like there's there's very few things that I think can touch on that level. And I think music is one of them. That's why I think cinema is probably like the next most powerful medium because it combines the audio and the visual together for sure so i always had a strong love for music like my i grew up i started piano when i was four years old my dad was a concert pianist growing up and my mom was an opera singer and then she decided to um, go become a pastor when we were 12 which is why when i was 12 which is why she, we decided to move to minneapolis so um i I always thought that music was going to be the path for me just because I, I started on that route and I have such a passion for it. I, in fact, I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to going back to it at any time. I think primarily one of the things that I've learned for me in my life, like, which will, you know, may tie into this next conversation, but like um, I need to do something. I need like I'm the kind of person that like I need a project or like, even if it's a stupid little game for myself throughout the day, I need something like that. Otherwise I'm, I'm going to go nuts. I get bored really quickly. So if I have something that produces like little wins for myself, like just makes the day more fun, it could be super benign, like, you know, but that makes life more interesting for me. So if it's like a photo project or a musical project or just something that it's like, I need that, that carrot dangling on the stick. That's just, that's just, for whatever reason, how I'm wired. Something to chase. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, let's take a hot sec and go ahead and thank our fantastic drink sponsor, our spirit sponsors, what we like to call them, in Chankaska. Um, Chankaska is, is not only just a winery, but they're also a distillery. That's surprising to a lot of people who know them for their wines, but they, they've come out with such a great line of spirits for, it's called their Ranch Road. So uh, tonight on the table, you may be, if you're watching uh, as well, you'll be able to see on our little lazy Susan over here. Thank you, Susan, um, that we have a bottle of our straight bourbon whiskey, which uh, Wes and I sip on quite often. Uh, it's super yummy. Uh, Josh might be just pouring himself a glass here. I'm going to dig in. Dig in. Do it. I've been holding out because I knew how this is going to go. You know, feel free to <laughs> go ahead and... Feel free to go ahead and pour it in your glass close to the microphone. That's what Wes likes to oh, do you, so you can steal his move. That's right. And get that, uh, what is that, that ASMR or whatever? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> get it in people's Vibrations. Let's talk yeah, about let's, the vibrations. Let's just vibrate on All the sounds and things. Get her up there. He's so he's I'm like, like, you're I'm like how much am I pouring? He's a silent he's a silent peer because of all the bottles he had to pee in when he was traveling in a van with four other guys. There you go. So we don't we don't talk about to, that. He had to be so silent during the night when he was peeing. Um, well, we want to want to just go back to Chan Casca here. So it's, it's a great intermission <laughs> great on our paid sponsor. Yeah, wonderful. Well, tonight uh, Wes and I are uh, sipping on the uh, Cabernet, uh, which is yummy. Uh, had it many many times. Uh, they also do the Four Oak Red and the Reserve Marquette and the regular Marquette, which are also really good 
um, wines that we love too. So Chenkaska is located about three quarters of the way from Mankato to St. Peter on Highway 22. It's just beautiful this time of year with the trees getting all full and, and whatnot. Go out there and check a live uh, concert out on the patio or in the event center. If you're looking to book a wedding and it's like a year or two out, I would say absolutely check out their venue. They've got a ton going on. And I mentioned on uh, the last podcast or maybe a couple ago that uh, Kelsey Long, who is their marketing coordinator, posted a picture of these breakfast pizzas they have going on, plus a, um, a Bloody Mary flight. So that got me. Not that the rest didn't already, but um, go check out. They've got so many things going on. Chankaska is great, and thank you so much for your sponsorship. Do, the, do we know anything they have coming up on their current calendar? I think every Friday and Saturday they have what they call the unwind um, like series event or, series, yeah. which is where they have live music come up just about every Friday and Saturday. It sounds really fun. Have you been? I haven't been for a live uh, for a live concert, but okay. it seems like the right venue for it. Like it, it just seems like an it's like super lush and like really, you mm. know what I mean? Like yeah, well, especially outdoors. I mean, if you yeah. can if you can get that patio rocking and the temperatures right, it's beautiful. I was just out there for dinner. Probably a week ago, pizza, cheese bread, all the carbs. Oh, boy. All the things. Oh, jeez. And the event center is great. I've listened to live music a few times in there from uh-huh. Julian Pianos to oh, that's cool. um, Michael Shines and Chris Cruzy. I don't know if you're familiar with those names. But I'm not, but really you know, great. doesn't mean anything. Um, but the venue, actually, the acoustics is, are, are really great. So you'll have to go out there, Josh, and check it oh, out. Oh, I'm going to. It's on. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. Get to the chopper. Cheers. wonder if... Can you hear me squeaking a lot, Dan? Not too bad, a little bit. You're welcome to change it if you want to. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice it. I think if the chairs are in this office, they're probably good for you because they got to support my ass. I bought all of these with, like, certain weight recommendations. Oh, boy. <laughs> I went into a whole strategy when I went shopping, man. Okay. Mostly because here's the problem. Here's the plight of my people. Let me tell you Break guys. it down. Plight of my tell, people. And I'm talking about big people. I'm talking... Let's go. Big old people, right? Okay. No one designs furniture and thinks of us. It's really hard for us. We have it tough. It's crazy. I can understand. I mean, think about going to the XL Energy Center to see a concert, a game, whatever it might be, and think about how snug you feel in that seat. Now imagine yeah. someone double your size trying not to, and it's not even just about them. It's about the people next to them that you are obviously overflowing <laughs> on I mean, everyone hates sitting next to the fat people. Why don't we design things correctly? <laughs> So that there's a little bit of comfort. I mean, most of America is huge. Let's just, you know, maybe, you know maybe what? it's We'd on purpose. Win. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe it's, you know. So what's your recommendation? Because they're obviously trying to pour as well, many people yeah. into an area. Right. I, I've always thought that if I built a venue, which I've actually wanted to do for Mankato, I think it would be really fun to have a mid-sized, cool concert venue that has like a little bit of history to it, which is tough to do when you're building new because there's nothing here right. that actually has that. But I always thought that you should do premium seating that's not like VIP. It's just extra space. 
And that might be okay. true for people that aren't even big people. They might just <clears throat> need extra leg space because they have restless legs or arthritis or different knee issues. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why having additional space but charging a slight premium for it probably can still work economically and yeah. create a better experience that involves more people actually attending. Hmm. I bet people I bet people would pay for it too. I, I think, think so. People would yeah. people pay class. for think about all the shit people pay for yeah. today. You well, know, it's like you have the just slightly a little bit extra for extra seating. Yeah. Space. I mean, it's just like the airline model. It's like, yeah, I mean, just how many, for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, would I still can't get over the, the plight of my people. Just, <laughs> I, I say that to <laughs> I my buddies. Going back, the plight all of the my people. <laughs> I say Let that me explain for you. People think I'm going into like a race argument or something <laughs> well, every time I do that's that. That's because it's, that's the, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> with some that's history book. That's, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. My people. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm fun. sure you'd have a lot of support on that. I, I, I think people would. You know, obesity is a disease, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I was going to try and hold both, that a little bit. Both, both, both of us were sitting there like, I don't know how to react to I that. Thought, I thought for sure he'd let us squirm for a little bit longer as we could, tried to explain. He couldn't hold it in. He was, he was dying, dude. Okay. Oh, Jordan, funny. you can decide if you want to keep that in or Keep not. it, Jordan. It's the plight of his people. <laughs> We you heard it here first. Everybody gets a voice here. Everybody gets a voice. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, a lot a bit about a project that you have coming up here, Josh. Um, obviously, you, you've you've been some places. You've you found your love and passion for photography. Uh, we've talked a lot about music, but one of the things that brought us together and invited you on the Get Deep podcast tonight was um, a project that you have coming up in Mankato, which in my recollection has never been, or my understanding has never been done before anything like this, uh, which is exciting. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's get started on how you decided to come up with that concept or idea and yeah. visions that came to you in the night. It, the plight of it your literally people, did. <laughs> whatever it might've been. Let's be clear. It was the plight of my people. <laughs> you were in the middle of a yoga pose at one studio and you decided. Oh, that's it. Got it. <laughs> no more downward dog. Downward dog always gives you the best ideas. It's, it's true. It is kind of funny though. I have written a, re- a in my opinion, a really good song on the crapper. <laughs> well, yeah. It always comes at the weirdest moments. That's when my best Jay Long's ideas would always come to me whenever we were doing videos. <laughs> it was always on the toilet. Yeah. Shitty oh, ideas. <laughs> 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 oh jeez! All right. Well, it's it's actually really it's kind of dumb. It's kind of a dumb story, but I love it. I uh, so we'd been here for a little while, and and one of the reasons I major reasons I came here was for my mom. I you know being in LA for fifteen years, like, there was a really there was a big vacuum in my life, and that was family. I I always had it in my mind like I I was gonna go out there and make it big, and then it was gonna be like the prodigal son, like coming home but like you know well different than the biblical story but like I would come home and it would be success and I'd buy my family a house or something you know what I mean like that's how it looked in my mind that was not at all how it went but um spending time with my mom here so one of the things that we do on Sundays is we go we either go grocery shopping at the co-op or we you know we go get coffee and and you know one of the places that we go is to the coffee hag so while we were in line at the coffee hag, and this is prior to me really knowing Jen, who I've just come to love and adore. She's such a wonderful human. Um, but Those that don't know, Jen's the owner. Yes, Jen, Jen Melby Kelly. She's awesome. 
and uh, just like such a powerful, positive force to reckon with. And um, we get up to the front of the line and my mom is like, oh, oh, Jen, you need to meet my son. He's a photographer. I'm like, Jesus, mom, please stop it right now. <laughs> like, you need to just please stop. And so Jen was like, oh, OK, yeah, sure. Like, you know, doing that typical owner thing. Like, I don't know who you are, but like, yeah, sure. So I'm like, here's my website, Jen. Just just take a look, you know there's really no pressure. Cause in my mind I was like, I don't know this, what's, where's this going to go? Like, I have no idea. So five minutes later she comes out and she's like, I didn't realize you were like a real photographer. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, thanks. You know? So when I, when I got home, she was like, well, let me know if you have any ideas or, you know, if you want to do something like, let's talk about it. I'm, I'm very open. And I was like, okay, me too. And, and I didn't realize that I was actually like really open to it. So when I got home that night, my mom, at the time we were, I was living with my mom and we would watch Netflix at night. We had a number of series that we, and a lot of them were complete trash, but I love them. And I just wrote like a 10 page proposal. Well, if I was going to do something knowing that I'm someone that just clearly will overcomplicate and blow things up way more than they need to be <laughs> like, this is what I would do. So if I'm going to dream, dream big. And I came up with the idea of turning the coffee hag into like a pop-up photo studio and bringing in my professional lighting and background and assistance and just giving someone there the experience of being in a professional photo shoot and doing that for a couple days. And then after the fact, we're going to print all the photos and turn them into like, I don't know if I can say this, if it's branded material, but the Where's Waldo of Mankato, <laughs> like this massive collage and really show because what I've experienced here and, and I, I think this can happen in most places in the planet but i do think there's a lot of great community here and i'm always surprised by the number of people like even today like if i can tangent for a moment i had coffee with aaron simmons who's the director of my place and they're doing some really awesome stuff for kids and after school programs and like you know there's a lot of people like that who really care I didn't realize even like, so I have a game night that I do with a friend of mine here every Sunday. It was like our get together. And I'd actually played games with Aaron's husband and didn't realize that it was Aaron's husband. And then also waited on them over at number four. And she was, when we went to get coffee, she was like, do you work at number four? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I do. And she was like, you waited on us. And I was like, <laughs> It's so odd how like it just kind of comes full circle, but even more to the point of like what I believe anyways is like maybe someone had a dream or an idea and they didn't know if they just opened their mouth. Maybe someone would help them. Maybe someone that's even like right at the table that you're serving and you had no idea that they're sitting right in front of you. And so what I want people to really experience, at least what I've experienced, that there's great community here and a lot of people that really care from all walks of life. So long story short, we're going to make a massive igloo of photos in the coffee hag, this big collage. And the first step is taking all the pictures of people. So when people come in, I'm going to have some monitors there, like large monitors, like, you know, as big as the TV monitor we have right over there. So guests can like watch the photos coming in in real time and make it, you know, the experience of that professional photo shoot. We're also talk today. I just had a meeting with Jen and we're going to have uh, potentially a DJ there and just and make it like a fun social hour where people are getting their photos taken and listening to music and laughing and having it just be this really casual environment. And I'm having tons of reservations come through now, like 
family portraits. Like I was saying, I stopped at the Eagles on the way here and like, you know, I want to include all community in this project. Like really, I, I think there's such a vast, like diverse community here and there's like very interesting walks of life and opinions and perspectives and we can all learn a lot from each other. And I do think that anything is possible through community. Like I couldn't do anything. Like look at what you guys are doing for the community. It's pretty awesome. Like when I realized you guys had your podcast and, and we had talked about potentially being a guest, I started listening to all the podcasts and I was like, there's some really cool people here. Like for, there's really cool people who really care. And I, and I really, my gut feeling is that there's more people in the world that actually care than don't. I think you're right on that for sure. Where can someone that wants to get their photo taken and be a part of the event, first of all, when is it happening? Second of all, where can they sign up so that they can be pre-registered? We can, uh, we can have a link for them right at the, the bottom of the podcast. That would be awesome. And we could probably put the flyer in the podcast there. It's, it's like a long Calendly address, so okay. it would be hard to say, but it's like calendly.com Mankato slash Mankato collage slash photo portrait is okay. how they can do it. Uh, the dates are June 10th and June 11th, which is Saturday, June 10th. We're going to start at 10 a.m. and we're going to go until 5 p.m. each day. The 10th is the Riverfront Art Fair. So there's going to be a lot of stuff going on that day. And like there's live music, live local music. From our meeting today, they have 34 different art vendors that are going to be there. And last year there was 12. Damn. I heard. So they're really proud of the progress they're making. I'm excited to see it and to be part of it, you know, I think. So, I, and they're just like, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to make it happen. It's all coming together. And I'm like, you guys are awesome. Like, this is just like, they're just like winging it just like me. But they got, you know, they got it dialed in. They got a plan. And the, but even more to their point, like, well, they're like, well, we can just contact Alex. Like, you know, the uh, Bellissimo guys, Alex and Justin Eck are like really big supporters of the, you know, sure. you know, obviously they're right across the street, but like they're just supporters of the art in general in this town. And there's people like that all over this town from all, you know, walks that are like interested in supporting the development of this community. And that's something that for me is really inspiring. And, you know, from the pandemic and ending up here, I kind of lost some of my like, I don't like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing with my pho photography. And I think that was kind of my mom's big thing with me was like, hey, you spent 15 years building a career for yourself. Are you just literally, you're just going to not do that anymore? Like, and I was kind of in my mind like, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now having a project, you know, to do, you know, a self-made project, I have uh, you know, between you, me and the wall, like there's a lot of interest right now. Like I, I've been really blessed. Like people like Mankato Area Foundation are very interested in supporting what's going on and they have some really wonderful ideas. And then I have my, my board of advisors, like Tom Lentz over at West Bank, who's like such a like godsend to me and, and Fee is also on my board. Uh, Scott Fee, her, her, you know, former husband, partner, still there, still really great partners has been like one of my biggest supporters and like all these people are just like, no, just do it, dude. This is going to be great. Like, this is going to be so wonderful. And I'm, I don't know how other communities are cause I've never tried to do something like this. It's very new for me. Like for me before it was like, well, you just go to L'Oreal and they pay you like, well, I'm way oversimplifying it. Nothing happens <laughs> like that, but it was just like, they pay you, you make a thing, they put it where they need to put it and that's done. So being in like the public art sector is like totally new to me. 
but like it's cool to see like I'm getting interest from like you know Kathy Brennan has been a really big supporter of what I'm trying to do which is super awesome and then you have like you know the people over at Mankato Area Foundation like Nancy and and Trisha you know they're like they're super supportive so I'm I'm at this place where it's like I can get all of this support but I we still are trying to figure out how to get it printed right so you know that's something we're openly looking for like because you know I have no idea how we're going to do it but I know it's going to happen I I just I know it's going to happen like I can't you know what so I mean? what is the need there? Talk to the the guests a little bit about what when you're talking about needing to get it printed. Right? Is there is there a company that'd be the perfect fit for you or somebody that you know you absolutely need well? To get which reminds me of you know uh, another great supporter, uh, Joe Bailey over at SignPro has been helping me like go meet this person and this this could really happen you know and you know she's granted she's the printer so there's some interest there but like you know she's definitely she's like. My, my heart really wants to say yes and do this, but I have a staff and overhead I have to take care of, which I do, you know, I totally understand. And like, it's just the reality of having a small business. But, you know, these kind of projects can bring, you know, revitalize, like, I, it's amazing what gives people a sense of ownership, I feel. Like, I, I know I get like, like I told you, I play little games with myself all day long. And then I, how excited I feel from, from doing that. And so I can only imagine like me seeing this come together. I don't, it's, you know, it's not about money for me. It's just about seeing it come together, like the sense of accomplishment that's going to come from that. And I think my feeling is anyways, and granted, it might be a little bit hippie. Dippy. By the way, I haven't had a drink yet. And I, Go ahead. And I already <laughs> sound like this. <laughs> is that like, if people have ownership in something, they treat it differently. For sure. You know, and I think that, Everyone wants to contribute. I've noticed like some like people, we feel different when we contribute to something and it makes a difference for us. Like our lives feel better. They feel fuller, you know? So for me to like come and contribute to a place that's been like really supportive of me in general. And, you know, I've only been here a short period of time, I think speaks volume of what this place is and, and furthermore has the potential to even be. Cause I know there's conversations that still need to be had. Like you can feel some tension here and there from different people. And I think it's all, it's all negotiable, right? It's all available. Well, we, Sorry. Ahead. I know I rambled a bit no, there. That's okay. I was just going to say to get back to the printing side of things. Do you know Oh, the actual need? Well, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, like I'm assuming that Joe is looking for financials. So do you know roughly what like a ballpark on the cost is if you were to get a sponsor um, and do you know what the substrate is? Is it going to be that removable wallpaper type material? Where I, I think ideally what we'd like to do is, um, you know, there's a couple, like one of the options would be a printed canvas, mm -hmm. which, you know, serves a certain purpose. I'm not the biggest fan of that because, you know, like it fits one wall. Yeah. And I think what we're creating has the potential to, to move from venue to venue. And so to, to have individual pieces or like, you know, larger blocks of pieces to me is much more compelling, much more interesting. Cause that, that could go on to like, like what if we did a sculpture like walk with these prints and put them all over the city in different places, whether it was like, you know, a private business or a gallery or something like that. And so a printed vinyl I think is prohibitive in ways of that because it's designed for a space and a usage. Yeah. Although it would be cool. So the current kind of thing on the table is, printed canvas like 
doing this really high end printed canvas, which I have done before and it looks, it looks epic. It looks really cool. Sure. So we're talking about that and, you know, obviously that's going to vary from piece to piece and from size to size, but I, I want to see that igloo, you know, I want to see stuff from the ceiling. How is that igloo created or connected? I mean, you're, you're talking, everybody knows what an igloo looks like, right? Yeah. Minnesota with the snow and the ice and all the things, but so it's connected a bunch of pictures all around it. Yeah. Like, what is it connected by? I, so one of the ideas I've had is, uh, doing like metal wire and then hanging all the pieces from that. So they're like individual, like cute or not cubes, but squares, right. Or rectangles. And then just having different layers of them. Another, you know, I, to the straight answer is I don't really know. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to lean on like apex construction is one, uh, someone who's been actively partnering me with me on this. Cool. And I'm like, you're going to do the install. <laughs> you don't know. And, and Jen's like, as long as they don't screw up the ceiling. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's a cool ceiling. historic. It's a great ceiling. So our intention would obviously be to like, keep all that intact. Right. And right. Then, but uh, I, I see it as kind of like a free floating kind of thing. I'd love to see a lot of texture. Like another thing I want to create is these sconces, like, like rectangular boxes, like Joe, over at SignPro, they have this printed acrylic, which you can, you know, so the black values will obviously be there, but then the light will come through some of the lighter values. And so maybe make like a sconce of a family or, you know what I mean? Or like a, a, some group of key people or business owners or I don't know, whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like I want it, I want this to really represent, like be an active, actual representation of what's like here in the city right now when you're putting together the faces and deciding how everything gets laid out just from a photography standpoint forget the substrate do you have like a kind of an idea of what you want to do as far as the composite of like how people are paired or positioned next to each other it's all planned out everything is totally planned out to a t right now yeah i doubt that <laughs> but i'm just saying Boudoir. from like a general standpoint do you have a vision for that piece i I think in general, I'm seeing like, I, I do have a couple, like there's a couple pieces that stand out in my mind and, you know, I'm not going to like say who that is necessarily, but right. I want really big, bold expressions, but I want over, over all, I would like a sense of joy in that piece. Sure. So I wanted to focus more on the personalities and the expressions and all the like interesting, cool people that we have here in the city, uh, rather than necessarily like the, you know, the. I don't know the status or anything like that of an individual. Sure. I wanted to focus on that, yeah. that aspect because I want people to feel that like a sense of pride, a sense of joy for being part of the community. Very cool. How long is the, um, I feel like I asked you this when we chatted at Jay Long's for a while, yeah. um, a little bit ago, but how long does that display plan on? What is your plan? How long for it to stay at the coffee hag? Yeah. Uh, you want it to be, uh, movable to possibly other locations, but what is the initial plan? So the initial plan, uh, it is a little bit lo loose, like a little bit fluid, okay. but I was kind of seeing in my mind, like, I, I mean, really, I think it's up to Jen, however long she wants it there, because it's fine by me. I just want it to be up and be able to be seen. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a venue where it's like, well, all day long, you can just go in there and people hang out all day. It, it seems appropriate yeah. for the venue for sure. Yeah. So initial, my initial thought is like three to six months, maybe it's there and maybe even parts of it could remain there as the, you know, as the origins of this project. 
And then it goes on to, you know, we're talking with various galleries and, and, you know, other potential private, private businesses, like it could go to lobbies or something like that. I just want it to be somewhere where it's like people could go in and just look and it's understood that that's what they're going to do. Like, I don't want this to be like a private closed off sort of a thing. Like this is about community and cool community. So I want it to remain about that. Do you have a title for the project? So I went, I went through a number of titles. The original one was we are Mankato. And then, and then I started to, you know, think and get some feedback of like, well, what if some group doesn't feel represented or something like that? Like, how can you say we are Mankato? And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is the part of the project for me that I go like, I don't want to like, this is political and that's not what I'm trying to do. So currently it's titled Mankato, uh, Mankato community collage. (laughs) Which I've had people, you know, like obviously people are like, "Oh, Mankato Community College." I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even my, you know, Scott Gosh. likes to tease me about that. Yeah, He's like, yeah. "No, but it's great. It's a, it's a play on words. It's great." I'm like, "All right, perfect. As long as you see it that way." Because I'm like, to me, that you know, like I had titled it Mankato Visual Collage, but then I'm like, "Well, it's really about the community." So, and I feel like it has a ring to it, man. Mankato Community Collage. I don't know, but yeah. people do have hard, they, people struggle with that word sometimes. It doesn't, right. you know. I like the original title, not to. We are Mankato. Yeah, I yeah. like that though. That just feels appropriate. And I agree with you. Don't worry about the politics. I mean, I feel like, no, you know, like it's at the end of the day, no matter what you're going to do, like this is something that I personally struggled with for because I genuinely want to come across to people as like a warm, inviting person. Like that's just like part of my underlying yeah. intention. So if somebody doesn't like me, I'm initially like, well, why? What did, you know, like, what did I do? And it took me a long time to realize that, like, you know what? Not everyone's going to like you. And that doesn't matter. Yeah, it's okay. Like, if, yeah, exactly, right? It's like, if you are who you are and you can get behind your actions and and see that your intentions were, I should make it more about me, right? Like, my intentions are in the right place. And who gives a crap what anyone else thinks about me? Because at the end of the day, I'm the only one that has to sleep in my bed. Plus, it's a better name. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, we are Mankato. I mean, we are Mankato is good. Or, or you could even call it "People are People." <laughs> people no, are people. I'm always telling my. Was that Depeche uh, Mode? I've been saying, saying for a while. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give us a little Pe- serenade. People are people. Yeah. You tell them that. People I do. Are people. I, they're, they're like, oh, this person was such a dick, and I go, people are people. Yeah, you know? I, but but this in, is real. It might work for the, the collage. You don't have to worry about people not understanding the difference between collage and college, and you don't have to. You know, worry about that, but people are people, or people in pictures, or you know, uh, <laughs> people. Love you can pictures. make it so just simple, like people in pictures. You know, uh, and then what, what what they can you know what can they be mad about? Well, They'll find something. And one of the reasons why I like the idea of having a title that feels accurate is just because if you're going to have pieces of it in different spaces, you know, you probably want to have at least a title that grabs people and go, well, why are all these faces here if they don't recognize someone in it? But then hopefully an explainer, too, that kind of gives it a little bit of a lens of what the project was and why that piece is, yeah. you know. I mean, Ooh. I like, I, I actually, do, I do agree with you. I think it's a, it is a more powerful title. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I do think it's, and this goes to kind of the project itself, too, because I feel like <clears throat> what happened, especially in the last, like, five, ten years, is that I personally feel like if there was a Venn diagram, right, of, like, human beings, like, that overlapping circle is like so vastly larger than the differences between us. And in the last few years, especially these like tiny little rings of differences have been so amplified. And it's just really, 
I think it's really sad because I, I think that we are very, very similar. We're all... When you were explaining this project to me at the Coffee Hague, that was the thing that resonated the most with me is, is you kind of combined that sentiment with the community sentiment and said, hey, you know, everyone's so divided about so many dumb things right now. And, and if we just realized how much we had in common and we felt invested in the community, like you said, yeah. I think that we would all probably take a step back and just appreciate each other more. Yeah. And I, I really, I, that resonates with me. I like that message. Cool. And I, that's one of the reasons why I like the project too. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, uh, I really think that there's, there's an opportunity right now, like, you know, from being and operating on some of the, the places I've seen, like one of the things I did realize this and <clears throat> maybe a bit redundant because I talk about it too much, but like when you get on that big scale, there's so many players and so much money involved that like good luck, ha even if you're in the room, good luck having a, a voice with those people because they, it, it's a machine. It's already driving itself. It's already got its agenda. And a lot of those agendas are quite old, to be honest, and it's just replaying themselves. But where we can make a difference, like I realized that sitting there at the coffee hag in our meeting today about the the Riverfront Art Fair and, and this project you know, that we're doing at it. And I was like, I'm sitting here with a city council member with uh, another per Aaron who just arrived late at the tail end of our meeting. And I'm like, I can interface with people that actually care about these kids. And I'm sitting here with a city council member and I'm sitting here with another business owner, Casey from mom and pop, who's like helping out, you know, part of the production team on that. And it's like, well, I can interface directly with these people and make a difference right here. Like, this is somewhere I can make a Start difference. Start in your own backyard. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a good message for everybody listening. Just start where you live. Yeah. And I think a majority of time, like when, when I boil things down, like there's so many like trauma cycles and PTSD going on in, in a lot of different people. It's like, well, if you can have compassion and try to understand where they're coming from more than not, like it's you know, they arrived at that place for some reason. And so maybe their actions, like I think most people, including myself, it's like we all, ha I have to take a step back sometimes and going like, am I being reactive right now? Am I, is this like, is this an authentic expression or am I just reacting? You know, they've already, they've done a number of studies on this that like the human mind operates like much lower, much less efficient when you're angry. Mm-hmm. And so look at, look at the media cycles, look at everything that's going on. It's all just like headlines and nobody's not, very few people are really digging deeper and understanding like, you know, like what's really going on here and like really breaking things apart and going like, Hey, at the end of the day, like one common theme I've noticed, like there are many, right. But like one is like most people have families, they have kids, they care about their kids, they care about their community. Like that's like baseline. And we all have that. Hopefully. Well, right. Well, <laughs> with, yes. the, yeah, with the yeah. exception of some people that have, you know, like <clears throat> not some people, but most people, we've all had some traumatic experiences and it's, yeah. and there's a, there, there's quite a bit of education in that space of how to deal with it. But amazingly, there's quite a lack of education at the same time. And so if people have dealt with those traumas and they know how to get through them, then you're talking to like a transformed person or I, I don't know the word for it necessarily, but you know. I don't know if that went a little too philosophical, but that is really what I want people to see here is that I think at the end of the day, if most people had a conversation with someone else, then you'll find that you could actually see some points and maybe even get along. Right. And then maybe even get outside of it. Cause I feel like as a culture, what happens when we're in this lower vibrational state, I guess, as I would call it is like, 
we're in survival mode. Like what happens when we get out of this stuff and we get to some cooler, more creative modes? Like then what happens? That's it's that's cool exciting shit. to me. Exactly. You know? I mean that's really what happens, right? You can get people get outside of their own, you know, well, yeah. there's judgments of others, but there's also the biggest judgments are against ourselves. A hundred percent. You know, we hold ourselves back. I think I, I'm definitely one of those people that's just as guilty of doing that, you know? Yeah. Whatever and and you're someone I'm that, not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not strong enough, whatever, you know? Yeah. But, and you're someone that I experience as like high, like you make things happen. You're creating things like both of you guys, like you're both in this space where like, not necessarily in survival mode and you're doing cool things, but you still self-criticize. Absolutely. Right. I, I do the same. I think in a way it also <clears throat> makes you better though too. You know, it's this weird balance of if you don't self-criticize and you think you've arrived, yeah. then things start to go backwards. You know, if you're always chasing something or you feel, I had a mentor at one point tell me never arrive. I, I think mm. it was really good advice, but I also have had moments in my life where I felt like that wasn't always the best advice, of course, um, because you got to stop and smell the roses sometimes and appreciate what you've built and who you are and where you've come from and how far, you know, for a lot of us, you come from backgrounds, you know, a lot of people we've met come from backgrounds that were pretty broken and they could have given up and done nothing with their yeah. life and worked in the same factory that their grandpa and their dad and somebody else did, but they've created something different and had a different um, outlook and eventually have a different story to tell. So, Absolutely. I mean, I know we're getting deep here, but this is the get deep. That is, it the, is yeah, that's right. You know, um, I mean, it, I say it's kind of the same thing. What inspired you to open up the agency? You could have done something different and you and Molly own the restaurant, which is great. And you could have just rested on that and did the day to days there with Molly, your sister. But you also wanted to use your creative avenue, use your degree. Mm-hmm. My lack Remember, of degree. That's right. <laughs> He's got but a school of life degree. People just like yeah. me. But oh. you know what? That same for me too. Yeah. I went to school and dropped out. Like I don't yeah. there. Well, it's not necessary. Yeah. We so all have that in common. We yeah. all have that in common. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like <laughs> people are people. People are people. <laughs> well, but you know what I realized? Like if I, if, and this being said, it's like, if I had the money, I would, I totally would have done it. I, I, the college experience, like that's something like I never really had. And I was, and admittedly when I was in my early twenties, I was like, Oh, I never, I never got to live in a dorm. And like, you make all these friends and you get to go to class. Like that's just an experience that I didn't really, I had different experiences, which, you know, looking back arguably are pretty awesome experiences. Right. Yeah. But I didn't have that experience. And I think that's something that's like, as an American, we're all like, how many movies you see that play up on that or like, yeah, but when I really broke down, like, well, what is school? You're paying someone that is going to give you a piece of paper that says, hey, Wes knows how to do that thing. Right. Well, why can't I just learn how to do the thing? Why do I need to pay you to well, say that Wes says that I know how to do that thing or, what? you know, whatever. That's always been the fun thing. So the College of Business will invite me back to speak. And most of the time, the professors don't even know that I never graduated because we just crossed paths in something. And so it's really yeah. funny because... I'll get up there and I'll do my spiel. And then inevitably someone will say, well, what happened right when you graduated? I go, oh, I, I never graduated. I didn't feel like I needed the degree. <laughs> and that was always the point where the college professor would go, give me the Scooby-Doo He's look. He's thinking you're joking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Serious, yeah. yeah, and then there was always a follow-up question. And it was like, I had to try and soft say, I don't think anyone really needs it unless it's something where it's like, 
you're a doctor, you're an accountant, you need these levels of certification in order sure. to actually do the profession. Outside of that, uh, most of these skills are learned skills. So you can pay to learn them or you can go and sloppily work your way through it till you've gained the expertise yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, I did with photography. I did three yeah. internships in one year. I went to the first semester and then saw it. I was like, all right, I'm going to have $200,000 of debt. That's like, my mind went like, oh, my mortgage was $700. Like, yeah. you know, I, that was a bill I couldn't swallow. And so then when I was interviewing photographers, they were like, oh, the, these graduates are really great, but, you know, they all need to do internships. So then I was like, well, could I just do an internship then? Yeah. And they were like, I know now being the photographer, I'm like, wait a minute, free labor? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, you can. Yeah, for sure. First off, get me a water. Yeah. Grab those bags. Get them over here now. Just start bossing around. Um, so, so you just learned all the photography. <clears throat> on the, that was that was it. You just I took learned from other people, and you. So you took one class, two classes, few classes for photography? I, I went to the semester of the school I had been accepted to. In what school? And that? they put me into introduction to photography. And that to me was like, uh, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm paying like how much credits? And I already have like three <laughs> years of high school photography. Like, And then I remember the kids in the class going like, oh, your photography is so much better than ours. And I was like, well, no offense, but it should be. If it's not, then I better quit now because I've already had three years. You know what I mean? But then I went to MCTC and took one lighting class uh, from a professor. I think it's Jack Mater or something like Jack Mater. I'm pretty sure, but like it was awesome. It was like just simple lighting, and that and that was it. So I took one class. It cost me 400 bucks. You know, so there, there. I'm not saying like, and I think we're all saying this is like, there's a place for higher education, of course, for sure. and like it's wonderful. If you can afford it, but it's not the only way. It's not an inhibitor to like doing something better in your life or like, you know what I mean? It's not the only way, I guess, is what I'm trying 100%. to say. Yeah. You know? Networking, I would argue, is the most important skill in life. And yeah. I think that you would yeah. agree with We've had talks about this. Well, and I've said it time and time again, even though I don't think that the degree is necessary for a lot of jobs or work or just, you know, to make it through life, I wouldn't have not done my experience, my three years worth of college or four years worth of college that ended up being three years worth of credits, uh, <laughs> would not have done that differently. I still would have done most, if not all of that, because so many experiences, so many people that I met, I think you just need time to kind of mature and figure out what you want to do. Like I thought I was on the finance bandwagon. yeah, And so I started going down that road. And then once I got more knowledgeable about what that was, I realized, no, I don't want to do that. And so... Hmm. You know, some of that's just finding yourself, and that doesn't happen entirely outside of a classroom either. It's Sometimes it's good to do that in that type of environment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the stakes can be higher out there in the real world, too. Like, True. I've made some big mistakes. I have definitely made big mistakes. And uh, I remember feeling like, oh, God, that's going to come back at me. You know what I mean? Like, Because sometimes they, they're – and that's one of the things that college, ed, higher education can provide is like a – a safer place to fail. You know, I remember <clears throat> some of the budgets I got as a photographer and going like, it can be nerve wracking going like, Oh my God, this client is putting up $50,000 right now for a shoot. I can't screw it up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even, I don't even, I don't, there's no contingency plan. If you don't get the shot, you don't get the shot and you run out of time and that's it. Yeah. You know, and that, that can be really hard. Like, granted, I've never had that happen, 
but like well and that's sometimes the things you don't actually learn in college is there's a timeline you don't get to spend all day you know or all week on whatever your project is you've got a very small window and you have to execute and you have to do it quick and i, I don't think photography is maybe the best example of that but designers i work with a lot of designers it's like Okay, most everyone that is up here, everyone's professional, everyone's quick, realizes that there's a client with an expectation and a deadline, but fresh college graduates, they used mm. to have a week or yeah. a month or an entire <laughs> semester to yeah. finish a project. It's like, no, 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 oh, that's God. needed tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, and this is a bit random, but I was thinking about this today, like, if, you know, like, I'm very good at wedging myself into a corner <laughs> in my life, I just seem to be, like... I function for some reason better when I'm like really screwed. <laughs> the 11th hour. I don't know why, but I, I do it in almost everything. And granted, it's always easier to do it the other way. Mm-hmm. But I, it really like, you know, they say like put yeah. a fire under your ass. Like I will not produce until I put like a blowtorch under my ass. Yeah. I never get the things that I don't have to get done until I have something that I have to get done and I procrastinate it. I always get like the household chores and the other small projects done <laughs> right. before I get into the big project that I'm actually supposed to be doing. Cause that's my way of procrastinating is I feel productive <laughs> enough doing the small things. I'm like, I'm going to get to the big thing, but I have to finish these seven stupid things that I've been putting off for a long time before I start it. And that's how I get through my to-do list. <laughs> it's terrible, but small it works. Small wins. Maybe it's the small wins yeah. Josh is talking oh, Jesus. about. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> do we're not cut for... that. Do not cut that. Thank you. That's, that's a small win. That's like, not a that's small, a small win. win. Getting the or wine in the glass. <laughs> there are napkins, but I'm going to have to dig them out. You guys keep talking. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of hard down. to talk right now, Wes. This is fantastic. You wore the right shirt color tonight for that spill, by the way. <laughs> Are um, you okay, buddy? All right, good. We, uh, no, I think it's the small wins, though. You build up, you know, yeah. you build up that, that, uh, that snowball, you know, of wins, and then you get into that big one. You're feeling motivated. Okay, now I'm going to tackle that shit. I, I get what you're saying there. That makes sense. Um, I was going to ask you also about, like, just advice for a, a person um, that's starting photography, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting into it. There's, it's obviously an art, but yeah, you know, like for the person who's listening right now, uh, and hopefully watching as well. Um, if they're like, okay, shit, gosh, I, I've been wanting to start photography. It's been a passion of mine for, for years. What would, what would be the advice from a guy who's been doing it for as long as you have to just get started? Is it just get started? I mean, not to sound cliche, but in a way, yeah. I mean, shoot as much as you can and find every opportunity to shoot. Like, I I think one of the biggest uh, transition kind of wins for me was when I I finally, because I I think there's this notion when you're an artist, it's like, it's my work and I need to do it this way and I'm the artist. And it's like, no, dude, you're a service provider. At the end of the day, you're a service provider for the most part if, right. if you want to function in a in the commerce space right because you're fulfilling a need that 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 particular client has so the more you can kind of uh create your vision to fit into their need the better right but if if you're constantly and i've seen people do this like i i worked for a, a guy who was a, he's a very big a very oh my god Thank you. Thank you, Chantiaska. 
He's a thank very, you. Yeah, no, but really, thank you. It is delicious. But it is making me slur my words a little bit. Good. Thank God. Now, now we're getting deep because Josh is losing. You're so well-spoken. You need to start slurring here. <laughs> no, but he, you know, he was a very big deal, and we, we shot a lot of the Victoria's Secret stuff. And he was he got fired. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You can't just throw that out there and then keep going. His ears perked up he was through like, the microphone or through the, the headphones. You could see. I mean, finish your finish what you were saying because I don't want to detract from that, but then we're getting to the real topic here. Right. No, no, well the the funny the funny thing is like he was actually a l- really likable, charming guy. Like it absolutely like him and I would drink together, like we'd hang out together. But on set, he was a nightmare. Like he was a nightmare, and he'd argue with the client, and and he was. And the the funny thing is, he was the guy. Like he was the guy for them. And then, like at the end of the day, like he wasn't the guy because he argued with them too much, you know. And it's like, yeah, because you didn't get that it's you're that's you're a service provider. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know it sounds funny, but it's like. And I, but that being said, the client wants your take on it. They want your artistic eye on it. But until it's like you're, you know, you're doing your art for you and only you, and you're having your exhibition and you're showing your stuff and people are buying it or, or whatever, if that's the, if that's the route you want to go, then really at the end of the day, like you have to break it down. Like, well, what are you doing? And that, you know, that was kind of a hard thing for me in one way why I'm excited to be able to like, like right now in this project, I just get to do what I want to do, which is take pictures of people. And like, I don't care if they bring their dog or it's a family portrait or it's their, like I have one girl, I went to the Gary Allen concert and she was like, I just want to let you know, like you're taking my engagement photos. And I was like, heck yeah, that's awesome. Like that's what this is all, because that's this moment right now in here, right? Yeah. That's cool. And I think that's a cool little, you know, <clears throat> like this is right now I have it titled Mankato Collage 2023 because maybe there'll be a 2024. Sure. Like, you know what I mean? Or like I, there's a lot of stuff that I could see this blossoming into, right? <clears throat> and there's other places I, I absolutely, when you were talking about um, Mama and Pop's ice cream. Um, yeah. The high ceilings in there, the whole vibe yeah, of that, that exactly. would be a cool place to hang photos in a collage from. 100%. For sure, and I'm sure you guys have talked to them since she's on, you know, in the meetings with you guys and and everything else. But um, anyway, that was that's a cool space. Yeah. I could see it completely moving to different, different 100%. areas and making it work. That's like super in line with. We did have an audience submitted question, by the way, um, and it was actually <laughs> I, I felt my phone vibrate, so I actually had to write it write it down. This is for real. There was an yeah, audience. it's a live live one, which is weird because these aren't even live, but. Um, <laughs> They asked if if you were open minded to boudoir um, as far as the photo collage goes and people showing up on the tenth and the eleventh. And that is a very interesting question and one that I have to admit I hadn't really thought of. I get I guess if you're comfortable with that, then well, the, I mean the, there will be a lot of. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're an exhibitionist. I don't know. It's it's. I would say as Wesley O is the submitter. <laughs> I had submitter, a fair, so why do I, I know this? Name? Honestly, don't know. It sounds familiar to me. Um, so. I don't know, Wesley O, where Josh is undecided. Well, Josh, I'm really looking. I mean, Wesley O, I think, is looking for his OnlyFans profile photo. Um, that's that's what I heard, because I got a similar question so as is, well. Is Wesley O going to get I thought dis- these were all foot photos, Wes. Let's just be real. 
when you have I think chest this hair, Wesley O is into body hair. But. Yeah, when, when you have chest hair, like potentially, I mean, Wesley O might have chest hair. Yeah, this poor audience. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I am so. Uh. Let's get back to the real topic here. If we're going to talk talk about that type of photography, Victoria's Secret yeah, is that where we're? I can't believe he started to decide. I was like, let's get to the meat of this. Well, we're going to lead right into that. So well, where are the photos? Let's start there. <laughs> and where are the backstage well, they'd be on photos? VictoriaSecret.com. <laughs> no, tell us. Just tell us a little bit. Whatever about you that. can tell. You, I, we don't need to get like super deep on it. Although this is the good deep podcast. But go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean it's. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! Don't and, be shy. Now don't I'm, be shy. I, now I am turning the color of Wes's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a great shoot or three, maybe. Um. Yes, everything yes. No, they're, I mean, come on, you're surrounded by amazing looking people all the time, right? You know, so it was, it was definitely, it was definitely fascinating, but you know, I can't say too much. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what I can say. That's the, the other interesting thing that came out of the industry recently is these, these dang NDAs. We signed oh, okay. a million of them, and I honestly don't remember what I've signed and what I haven't signed at this point. Like, how sure. do you how do you remember, right? Right. But well, tell me this: Have you ever seen a model faint because she hasn't eaten? Because some of those girls <laughs> are just smaller than this pen. No, you know <laughs> what's funny? Like that I'm, scary. I'm actually seeing the opposite. I'm like, I'm like, where are you putting all of that food? Oh, all right. Or maybe they just don't eat leading up to the shoot. So then, when they finally get to the shoot, they're like, "It's all over now. I can just <laughs> cram it in." Sure. I have no idea. Well, that's good. I, 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 a story that I can tell you. Do you do you know that? Uh, that model, Lara Stone, she has the, the blonde model that has the famous gap in her teeth, and she's on, like, Do you? I, I think it was a lot of the Gucci campaigns, if I remember right. Probably if I saw a picture, sure. But there's this photographer duo named Matt and, Matt and Marcus, is spelled M-E-R-T, and Marcus, like, Matt, Matt and Marcus, you know, this British, and they used to get made fun of all the time on Saturday Night Live because they were this, like, you know, this gay couple duo that was just, like, they were the celebrities on their set. It didn't matter who they were shooting. <laughs> like They were always bigger than them. And I'll never forget, because we were shooting Lara, and she was just, she was like a super cool chick, like, but like very, very famous model, like super famous model. And we're, <clears throat> we're out in the middle of like Palm Desert somewhere, and we're shooting on the, this. Some of the locations out there are just absolutely insane. Like this, I don't even know how it happened. Maybe it was like a bunker, like a, like a bomb bunker that like got... I don't know, somehow destroyed, but it was like somehow like a skate park now in the middle. Like you're like, what, why, how does even a skate park end up out here? And we're shooting Lara Stone in this thing. And these guys are like dancing around and shooting her. And they're like, they just look over and they're like, okay, Lara, tops off. (laughs) (laughs) And me and the other assistants are all looking at each other like, yeah, I mean, yes. Yes. Whatever they said. Very professional. Yes, very professional. (laughs) Whatever they said. They're just like, tops off. (laughs) But I heard uh, that Victoria, so they, they did away with the fashion show. Okay. Right? And then now I've heard talks that they're thinking about bringing it back, but doing it a little bit differently, maybe not quite oh, interesting. so, you know, one standard of a woman kind of approach. So there was, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting if it's, they do. I, I don't it know. Would be it would be interesting. talks, but. I mean, yeah, they've, they've, I'm sure they've had quite a bit of heat with like the whole yeah. Me Too thing and then. Yeah. I heard that what's well, the his Jeffrey name, Epstein like, thing, I the think Jeff- also threw that, some shade their way. 
what's his like Wes Lexner or whatever his name is. Yeah, Wes. it's. Uh, but he he was yeah. he was the CEO right of, yep. of Victoria's Secret, and, and he, he was, was definitely big accused in with Epstein. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Apparently not sure. Epstein got most of his money through managing and being power of attorney for the founder of Victoria's Secret. And there's a whole documentary on Netflix. Mm. So it's cr- I mean it's great. Like I knew like I'm sure that some of that stuff existed, but like. I personally never really saw. I never saw anything like super Did strange. Did you see the Bill Gates stuff? What's up with this? I'm mm. very oh. curious. Well, Bill Gates apparently was like blackmailed by Epstein into trying to donate to a foundation because he had an affair with some. I don't. I don't remember the card game, but wow, they played a card game with this Russian model that Epstein kind of set up, and Epstein knew that there was an affair going on, and he was using that to blackmail Bill Gates. And, like, all the rumors of, you know, him having blackmail material on people are 100% proving to be true because yeah. they're coming out and saying, I mean, yeah, I was blackmailed. Wow. It doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. yeah. Freaky. Did you hear about a lot of that stuff in L.A.? Was there always just a rumor, a gossip mill all the time when you were in there, You when you were in L.A. for 15 years? Yeah, I mean, you... You hear about a bunch of it, and you know, admittedly, we love to do it for fun. Like, sure, it's just yeah. like me, me, and some of the other guys, we'd always be like, "Oh, did you hear this and that?" Like, you know, we love to speculate, but it was just, you know, it was more work talk than anything else. It was nothing, sure, and nothing necessarily of substance. Although, I had heard some stories, um, and I'm, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm really not necessarily surprised, but it's like. You know, I think a lot of things, like there's a lot of things that happen behind closed doors that you don't hear about. And then there's, you know, the, the top line day to day stuff where it's like you're on set, but like, like very rarely, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's funny. Like, for example, you remember Lindsay Lohan, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I just happened to be, so I had moved to LA and I, I, you know, met a bunch of people. I ended up hanging out with like Steve Aoki and the DJ who had this nightclub called LAX nightclub. And I just happened to be there because of a friend of a friend sort of thing. And like sitting at the same booth as Lindsay Lohan. And we had photographed her at that time for a bunch of different, different stuff. But the funny, you know, like she didn't know who I was. Like she didn't, she's not going to remember me, but I was sitting like, you know, she's sitting in that chair. And then I remember like turning on the TV the next morning and that's, the night that she had driven whatever the wrong way down the freeway or something like that and then got arrested. And I was like, that's really funny because I was right next to her like an hour prior. But at the same, you know, so it's like, well, yeah, clearly stuff happens. And I was right there. Like I was thinking about this earlier. Like you remember that Johnny Depp movie where he was, it was like, I don't even remember the name of it, but he was like the fly on the wall for all the stuff, but nobody knew who he was. Not coming I don't know. Me. For some reason, Secret it, Window popped into my head. Well, that uh, was a good movie, but <laughs> not because it. that's the one. But I, I just for some reason just popped into my head. But it's not that, right? I I honestly don't even remember the name of it. So even if you said it, I'd probably be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah I don't. Yeah. I don't actually Pirates know. Of the Caribbean. But I just remember it being about this guy who floated around Hollywood and he was always there in the background, but nobody knew who he was. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yes, that's definitely it. You know, it's got. <laughs> there you go. Have you thought about that movie in a while, though? Gosh, that's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, he's he, he's Johnny Depp, right? Isn't it? Hit? I thought that's Leonardo well, DiCaprio. Leo, it's definitely Leo. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That was Leo's big breakout role. Yeah, it was. Who's the other? Um, there might have been Leo someone plays, else in there. Yeah, but who's the guy? Who's the brother? You know, it, the, the, there might have been other actors. Johnny Gil- might have been one of the other actors. Who, I don't play, know. who plays Gilbert Grape? 
Leo. Isn't Leo the no the no Arnie Arnie the the, the, the I thought, I thought mentally handicapped guy plays yeah. Arnie. 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 Leo is definitely the main character. Let me okay, just he that is. Way. Okay, and then who plays Arnie? I think it might be. J- I don't know. I- IMDb. I'll just figure it out. Yay! Keep talking. Okay, keep going. Um, where were we at, Josh? Oh no, I was just I was just thinking <laughs> about how <laughs> in my life I it's like there's that movie. Mama's there's been big. A <laughs> it's a big mama. They have to reinforce the floor. Remember that in their old house. I think Johnny's in it, but I don't think he's the main. Yeah, he is Gilbert Grape. Leo is Arnie yeah. Grape. You're right. One hundred percent. Clinch. One hundred percent. Boom. That was a good movie. I watched it a lot back in the day. I don't know why. It just resonated. You with related me. with Arnie? Yeah, I did. Hiding yeah. up in the trees and drooling and stuff. It's <laughs> my thing. John C. Riley was in that. It was a great movie. It I mean, was. we think about the, the. I mean, just Leonardo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp in that movie. Back I watched in the day. it like a year and a half ago, not that long. Oh, ago. really? So it's oh, actually man. surprising. But I see so many movies. I yeah. just I forget sometimes. Sure. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Have you watched it, Josh? Not I have, spot. but okay. it's so long ago. Old school now, but I, I want to say it had to have been made in the mid '80s, maybe late '80s, something like that. Well, now I gotta pull it up again. Sorry. I started doing yeah. things. Sorry, Wes. I want to say it's like eighty-nine to ninety-three somewhere, somewhere in there. In there. I mean, ninety-three. It was, yeah, there you go. I got the tail when I was the born. Tail. There you go. What a good year! It was a what good a year. Great year. Well, I'm bit. out of questions, Jonesy. What do you think? Um, I am. I'm out of booze. Yeah, pour some more. Pour <laughs> some more. Well, cool. So, um. I just wanted to, what what I wanted to ask you is is for your work. The question I had before we get into the end of the the episode here was, it's it's titled "Visions for Art," but I think you've kind of explained it a little bit, Josh. But where does most of your inspiration come from? Is it, you know, you grew up in Fargo, you know, you're you're a you're a Minnesota boy, um, but you've been well traveled, um, you know obviously with the, the, the music making and the band and all those things, but obviously living in LA for 15 years. So like, where do you find most of your inspiration? You know, it, I, I find most of my inspiration from, it's going to sound funny, but like in a way, like the phrase, why not? Like, why can't I do that? Or what says I can't do that? You know what I mean? And, I don't know if that sounds funny, but I'm always like, well, why couldn't I do that? So I always like to think like, well, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to blow it up. You know, like what would be really cool? What would be fun to do? Like what could make an impact? And I really think that, you know, and and not necessarily like a religious way, but I do think, uh, you know, we like, this is my personal thing. I think we're all made in God's image or something like that. And which makes us little creators. So why can't we go out and create exactly what we want to see in the world? And so I try to find things that are going to be fun and are going to be bigger than I know myself to be that I could like push a little bit and expand. And it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily attached to a specific thing. I don't know if that sounds too vague or whatever, but I like, it's like with this project, I'm like, well, if I was going to do something, I would do that. And then if I need to scale back, I will. Right. But why not dream big? Like, why not do something, you know, that I don't know myself to be able to do. 
because I could, because that to me, that's what faith is about. Like Mm -hmm. I have faith, like I became very fixated on the how of things, I think. And the moment I let that go, things just kind of happen when I throw it out there. So I think at this point in my life, I really, I feel like we have an active role in shaping culture and shaping what we want to do. And, and that's what I'm looking to do. I want things to show up in a way that like in a world that I would live in, you know, in a way that's fun, fun for all, like fun. I don't know. Am I sounding like you guys really got me? You are sounding like you should sound perfect. And what you're saying is meant to be. I mean that. I, I mean, I you're appreciate speaking. That. You're speaking from the heart, <clears throat> and you're speaking. You're, you're doing things. You're speaking them into existence. You know, you're you're kind of leaping first, and then finding the ways as you go. Which a lot of people, I think, yeah. what I'm gathering from <clears throat> it, right, and what I have learned a little bit myself, and we've talked to other people uh, in leadership roles for a long time now, um, is just putting that step forward, taking the step. You don't always have to have the answers, right? That's a way right. to get started. You just have to kind of have the vision and the passion and know that, like, I'm good. I can do this, you know? It's hard for a lot of fucking people, though, and it's hard for me uh, in general as a person. But taking that step of faith or whatever people yeah. believe or want to call it is will lead to the next open door and the next open door and the next open door. The problem is most people don't get off the couch yeah. to take that first step. And then they're like, oh, it just didn't work out. You know, it's like, uh, so I, I, I think it's just kudos to you for taking those first steps from traveling the country to, you know, going Thank to you. LA for 15 years and putting yourself in positions and sending that email and, you know, all the things that just kind of led from one door to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. I think it's lessons for people out there listening and, and uh, watching that if you got a passion, maybe it's photography, maybe it's music, maybe it. it's, maybe it's, uh, you know, creating that that new um, OnlyFans profile for whatever you think people are into. Uh, <laughs> good for you. Go for it because you never know what it's going to lead into. A hundred percent. I mean, I I know from even the last few months, I have grown and learned tremendously just in the last few months and I kind of have the feeling that I'm going to be around for a long time. (sighs) But you know, that could be fun and exciting. Right. And I think we're all here to learn and grow. And I know that when that's over, then I think then this lifetime is over. Right. right? But so that's what I'm looking to do is learn and grow myself and, and hopefully, hopefully, make some impact over there on the way. Right. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy you're here and, you know, back in, in Mankato and, and, uh, creating things here. Cause I think we need fresh blood, fresh ideas, fresh people all the time to just create and do cool things. And, uh, from, you know, the arts to business to everything in between, I think it's just a fantastic community. And, and so that, that's inspiring me when we've had our conversation at Jay Long's and all the people, again, that Wes and I get a, ch- a chance to talk to, um, it's cool to continue to have people pushing ideas across there. So with that, Uh-oh. we're going to lead into our wind down, which is the final five questions that we throw out guests at the end of every episode. The wind down brought to you by Chan Casca, our friends there uh, who are so generous with us every single episode, providing us with wine and spirits and all the, all the things in between. Um, you ready? You want to take one more sip? 
I'm not, I'm not sure that I need them. I'm not, I'm not sure that my answers are getting any better. So another thing that I learned is very your less alcohol during podcasts. <laughs> or you just haven't had enough. I'm in that fine teetering yeah. area. Uh, okay. Question number one. It's a simple one. I started out with a simple one. Oh, boy. Favorite yoga pose and why? That's what all the listeners have been wondering. Yeah. <laughs> ever since <laughs> they, ever since that, you talked about your love that for yoga. Up. Oh, boy. I mean, it's so basic, but I'm going to have to go downward dog. It's just, it's the reset. It's not the one that you'd like to look at. I'm saying the one you <laughs> like to do. Let's be clear. No one wants to look at this downward dog. Like that, that's just not in the, that's not in the radar. And why is it your favorite? There's a why on the end of that. Yeah. It's because, just the reset you said. Yeah. Because it's the reset. It's the, it's the starting over of the new cycle. It's, it's the refresh. It's the relaxation. But at the same time, at the same time, at the same time, at the same Jesus, sweet Jesus. <laughs> Two singing this episode. Oh, good grief. <laughs> but at the same, ten, same time, you still have to exercise some strength to do it. Sure. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Uh, question number two. So you've been around LA for 15 years. Celebrity crush and celebrity asshole. Oof. You can go in whatever order you want, but I want to know a celebrity crush. Somebody that you were like, damn, just as good in person as they were on TV or in a magazine. And then celebrity asshole, somebody that people may not know, but they are a dick. Ooh, wow, that's a tough one. It really puts me on the spot. Does it? Well, Sandra well, yeah, Bullock said I mean, she liked I'm, you, so. I'm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've already got a rapport, right? <laughs> okay, Sandra, thank she you. She is a listener, for the record. Just saying. Is she really? She is. This is your chance, Josh. She Tell her what you really. She's on the episode next week. A week from today, she's on. So, well, then clearly Sandra's the crush. You know, like it just has to be. Uh, it. Yeah, I guess. I don't. Oh God, that's a really good question. Who is my celebrity crush? Oh my God, what's her name? <laughs> it's so bad that I don't even remember her name. Um, God, she was in a Spike Lee movie. What is that movie? I'm really, I'm really failing at this question right now. Do you want a second to think about that one? And we'll circle back. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna we'll move on to question number three, and this is a question that I think is important. I think you've kind of answered it, but Wes and I like to ask it because um, being a guy that's been many other places besides Mankato, um, Mankato's biggest need. So, does that make sense? Do you want me to explain it? Oh, man, pay, man, Cato's biggest need? Yeah, like what are we missing here? You've seen a lot of cities. You've seen a lot of big cities. You've seen Wichita, Kansas, and spent time there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really, we really need what Wichita's <laughs> going on. It'd be nice to Wichita. Wichita's a nice place. Just tone it down, you know. Dorothy. Uh, no. um, Just click the red heels together. Yeah, there's no yeah, yeah. place like home. Yeah, so, I mean, you've been a lot of places, and you've traveled and, and whatnot. We believe, obviously, as local business owners and, and whatnot, that Mankato has a special sauce to it, but... What do you well, see if, is a like, need here that is one need that I see for for sure um, is like it sounds so basic, but like organic food and produce, like that is very hard for me here. Like you know, and it, and I know it sounds very basic, and I know Wes uh, Wes and I had a moment the other day where he was like, "How long do you want to live, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> well, he was going on to a level of detail that's quite impressive that you know, by the way. i got to give you kudos I, for the you know, level of knowledge you have about your food because it's quite impressive. But he was going on about, like, 
the level of plastic that's transferred through various mediums. And I'm like, microplastics. Okay. But is that what you're talking about? You got to live. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. come on here. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing probably he wants to hit 120. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if you had to answer, right. he's, he's looking for 120, maybe 130. Am you I know, wrong? I, so we were talking about sous vide, right? Yeah. And, and I was talking about how like, well, you know, I sat next to this doctor at a conference and his whole thing was like researching plastics. And, and like, this was, I don't know, like shortly after I moved to LA and I remember going like, Oh my God, I'm never going to microwave anything again. And especially not anything in a plastic container because plastic goes from solid to gas at 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So all that stuff is just going into people's food and people's water bottles. Like, you know, Cheryl, that's Cheryl Crow talked about getting breast cancer from, you know, water bottles that were sitting in her tour bus getting overheated. And like you go to Trader Joe's, you see all their water pallet, like pallets of water bottles, like sitting out in the sun. They're all contaminated, every single one of them. So I'm like, well, now you're going to boil meat in a container for like an hour or more. But if you tasted the meat, Josh, <laughs> it's so good. I'm not going to lie. Like my friends would be like, ah, shut up and eat the meat. Right. Which I do. But like, there's ways of getting that out of your system right later. But you know, to go back, it's, it's, it's not about how long do I want to live? It's about like, I don't want some weird disease while I am living. Yeah. Like Fair. Good really, answer. that's, that's for me what it's like about the quality of life. And like, you know, I never, would, I never had acne before till living in a place where it's like you can't get food without chemicals in it. And, and so to me, that's a big need here because I don't think people realize that has an impact on your physical health, your mental health. Like all of those things are impacted when your endocrine system is challenged. Listen, my body is my temple. And I don't. I don't put anything in it that I don't. I don't want to laugh at you. Well, you did, so I took offense, but I'll get over it. What was it? Right that's, that's we, we've had. We've had. That's two. when I was kicked off the podcast. The first guest to ever be physically removed from oh, a podcast. That would be funny. We've had my body is my temple from West Night is quote. What was the other one again? The plight of my people. My people. Oh man, we're getting some good quotes from Wesley tonight. Thank He's feeling good. The, the, the episode with Josh was crap, but yeah, the Wesley quotes were God. He was just, thing. just thing was on good. tonight. I love it. Well, do you want to jump back to question number two? Celebrity crush and celebrity asshole. Not yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> I have another drink. All right. I may question. avoid that one entirely. <laughs> oh come on, the Midwesterner. Come man, me. you got something. I'll I'll remind you of one that you mentioned to me at the store. <laughs> Uh, but okay, uh, question number four, and I haven't brought it back in a really long time, but it's tree. And I feel like you're the kind of guy to ask this to, um, cause some would probably slay, say slay. that some would probably slay, slay as all my 20 and 21 year olds say hey. at this store. Um, you seem, <laughs> you seem like some people would call you slightly crunchy, right? What hippie. like granola? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, like yeah, it's like be. yeah, you know, earthy, crunchy, hippie. You know, maybe a little bit, whatever, whatever, whatever. Tree. The question is tree. If you could be any tree, which tree would it be, and why? Or who is Josh in tree form? I would be a pine tree because it's so sappy. <laughs> well, <laughs> like we my have. I don't, I don't think we've had pine tree yet. To be I honest, I think we have. Have we had pine tree? I think so. I don't know. I mean, we have. I feel like you have. I feel so like this question's come up before in the podcast. Has. Yeah, we've definitely. had pine tree. But I like your reasoning behind the pine tree because it's sappy. Because my I changed my answer to coconut tree because I wanted to bonk someone on the head. <laughs> <laughs> he always wants to bonk somebody in the head with his coconuts. 
Um, <laughs> Could be a shot. You never know. We were at we were at Jay Long's. You mentioned that there was a uh, set that you worked on, the Goo set. Goop. Wait, what? Not the Goo set. The oh, the Goo. goo. <laughs> it's not Goo. Wait, set. are we talking about my porn career again? Because yeah, I thought we yeah, were, Goo. That was we goo, had an right? agreement. It was Hum and Goo. Uh, there was the music career and then the porn career. Um, goop with Gwyneth Paltrow. And you mentioned that she was. I sin- a bear sincerely cat. hope that no one's listened to the podcast this far in. So go ahead and say what were we talking about? <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> celebrity crush and celebrity asshole. Oh, but we were talking about Goop. Well, Goop Gwyneth Paltrow is connected, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean she is very, very pretty. Yeah, she's pretty. But you mentioned how she was a bear cat to work with. She was kind of mean. I don't know if I'd say that necessarily. <laughs> now that it's recorded. Yeah. It's like, I can't say it. Well, I can pretty much guarantee you Gwyneth is not going to be listening. But Sandra will. Sandra always is. Sandra better at this point. <laughs> so, okay, well, we'll we'll just end with this uh, or try to get through question number two. <laughs> Celebrity crush. Anybody that just it's like, damn. All right, they're cool. They're I hot. remember. I remember seeing I them was, before I went to LA and it, they're hot. It, they're great. I remember having like a huge crush on uh, crush on Zhang Zi. Do you know her? Zhang Zi from Zee. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, I mean, come on, dude! Yeah. She was like fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was all the aerial, there was the martial arts, and you know, just the straight hotness. Right, there was a lot of hotness. And so you met her. Did you meet her at there? I was supposed to be on a shoot in the Bahamas with her, which sounded like you know, it's like the perfect location, the perfect girl, and then. I got <laughs> removed from that shoot. They did some background research on you. <laughs> realized there was going to be a problem. There was going to be a problem. <laughs> he had 62 pictures of her already <laughs> that she wasn't, yeah, never got wasn't approved. <laughs> no, the, the, the shoot got moved and uh, I just, I wasn't available, but I was super bummed about that one because I remember having a huge crush on her. Sure. She's so pretty. Well, I'm going to have to look up pictures. Last question of the night. Uh, you've had some good messages you've shared already about your art and about your music and about just life in general. But question number five is one that we repeat. It's called message. And it's message to the peoples, message to your mom, message to us and people you've worked with and met at number four, LA, all the experiences you've had, your old bandmates, and people you've met there. If tonight was your last night, Josh, on this floating orb in the sky we call Earth, what would that message be if you could break it down to one simple message? The the message would be gratitude. It's quite easy. And yeah, I guess you could accuse me of being crunchy in this moment, but like I am beyond grateful for all the experiences I've had and and uh like I can't think like honestly if I didn't have my mom throughout this time, I really don't know where I would be. Like it has not necessarily been an easy time for me. Like I, I had a whole career and, and everything and that was all, it was all uprooted. It was all changed, you know, due to COVID, but it did force me to learn. And I'm so grateful for that. Like I'm, I'm so grateful for all the people over at MIO for number four, for the space that they've given me. Like, you know, I am beyond chatty with some of my, customers and my tables and they're just like yeah just just go do it josh they just let me do it because you know they've seen that like 
first, I mean, I don't know. I, I like to think that people enjoy talking to me and I enjoy talking to them. And uh, they've just been really supportive of me. And uh, so I, I would say that above and beyond all, I'm, I'm very grateful. Well, we're grateful for the time you spent with us on the Get Deep podcast tonight and what you've done locally since you've been back here. I think it's important, again, for the community to have people like yourself pushing ideas and pulling and, and uh, kind of pushing creativity around and getting people to think about On that things. level, can I interrupt, though? Please. Because I, I do think, and this is something I'm still learning, but, like, I'm just the space for this to show up. It's not about me. This is the vehicle. I'm just the vehicle for this to show up. I'm just a reflection of what's already here. This community is already great. I'm just the thing bringing it to the attention and bringing it to the surface. This community is already is what it is. It already is what it's going to be. And it's going to be even further great. And it has nothing to do with me. This is all part of what it's supposed to be. But I like to, the more I am just the space for things to show up, the more things actually show up. I like that. Let's do one more plug for the event. Uh, we'll for sure link yeah. it in the episode so people can actually register through that. But if you want to give the details one more time for the audience. Yes. So the event itself is during the Riverfront Art Fair. The first day of it, it's June 10th, Saturday, June 10th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you can you can make a reservation through the QR code that we're going to put below. Um, but you don't necessarily need a reservation and you can just show up we'll gladly get you in the reservation is more of an opportunity like if you don't want to wait in line you don't have to necessarily right so june 10th is the first day and then there's going to be obviously a lot going on with the art fair so the next day on june 11th we're going to keep it open for anyone that can and wants to attend i mean i'd love to get as many people as i can and just i would love to see this thing come in and be like this awesome experience where a couple months later we're having a drink and looking at all the people in this Amazing collage. I think it'd be sweet. And that's also 10 to 5 on June 11th, yes, Sunday. Sir. So 10 Absolutely. to 5, Saturday, June 10th, 10 to 5, Sunday, June 11th, down at the Coffee Hag on Riverfront Drive. Awesome. Josh, Madsen, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your story. Keep doing cool things. Keep sharing your story and, and your visions for, for what Mankato can be because we need movers and shakers and people that are, that are pushing that envelope. Let's go. Let's go. Let's just do it. <laughs> and thanks, guys, for listening or watching. And make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Or feel free to give us a rating, too, if you are subscribed. You know, five stars sounds great. Follow us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. We're there. Only fans. Just recently. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Have a great night. Bye.